Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Milestone episode 20 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and I am joined by my bearded half-werewolf beast of a brother-in-law, Ryan, this evening. How you doing, man? (laughs) We, uh... We're doing a Halloween special episode this week, and uh, a lot of things planned, most of which I don't even know if we're going to get to because we have a crazy agenda um, that we planned ourselves, but then we also got questions out the wazoo. We got questions from our Gmail account, Discord, and the Instagrams, <laughs> so uh, we got a lot to cover, but we are going to, uh, we should probably recap what we did this weekend. Yeah, I'm game. Yeah, so, you know, we were... We have this like local uh, kind of bu- pub, sports bar place that we go to. We frequent usually on Friday nights, and um, I'll typically go on Sundays to watch the NFL games. And we went Saturday night because they were having like a little Halloween party. And Lauren and I dressed up as Minnie and Mickey. And uh, I thought my dad was gonna maybe stop by and uh, some other people, but it ended up just being Lauren, myself, and Ryan. And the third wheel. <laughs> <laughs> and the third wheel over there. But man, did we have fun? We got there at like six o'clock, just chilling. You know, first thing Ryan does when he sits down and says, yeah, I'll have a water. So I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a lame night. Yeah. And then we were there like 730. We're like, oh, gosh, I'm exhausted. Well, you and Lauren were like that. And then I was just like, listen, I was owning the the jukebox with the touch tunes. It's like a virtual way to basically play songs on a jukebox through an app on your phone called touch tunes. So I was playing all kinds of really good music, you know, Thriller, Monster Mash, Ghostbusters theme and bunch of other like alternative stuff that's just fun music ballroom to listen blitz. to. Ballroom blitz, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um but we almost like closed down the place. We were just having a, a ball, just it laughing like hysterically. Three wins. Yeah, because we like we cashed out like multiple times. Nine thirty and then like eleven thirty we tried to leave again. Yeah. And, and then, then we got sucked into like two o'clock. Yeah. So we were like ordering appetizers like every thirty minutes. <laughs> like it was just it was a good time. So um yeah, fun little Halloween party, and then uh, Wednesday, I think we're going to go over to the parents and help pass out candy, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. But yeah, so we got, again, we have a lot of fun stuff planned for this episode, but first, we wanted to talk about the games we've been playing recently, as we always do on the show, and Ryan and I played a game, not together, but we played the same game, and we wanted to kind of speak about it. We wanted to play something kind of horror-related. I let Ryan borrow Resident Evil 4, and he kind of <laughs> chickened out after about... No, 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 no. It is probably one of the worst games I've ever played. Like, it's horrible. I got through 20 minutes, and I was like, this is the worst controls in a game. No, you just got to get used. To, I mean, that's just how Resident Evil plays. It has I, like It's like tank controls. So you just have to yeah. get, Once you get used to it, I mean, Resident Evil 4 is, is among my top five games of all time, probably. I didn't have it on my list when we did our top ten, but it's, it's so good. It's a masterpiece of a game. There's a reason why it's literally been ported to, like, every console known to man. See, I wasn't a fan. Yeah. Well, you aren't feeling awkward enough time, so your logic is completely invalid. Um, (laughs) But what we did play, and what you probably put some time into, was a game called Until Dawn. So this is a game that... uh, Hold on a second. I want to refresh my notes here. I had a bunch (laughs) of stuff. I had to restart my computer because we were having technical difficulties in the the beginning of the episode. And that never happens. Never. Never (laughs) happens. Um, And Rusty is always very calm and mild-mannered. When it happens, yeah, there to. are no swear words, not at all. Nothing that we should beep out on exactly, here. Exactly, nothing. But Until Dawn is uh, it was developed by Supermassive Games, so the people behind Little Big Planet on the PS3, um, that little platforming series. What a change of pace Until Dawn is! It is not a little happy platformer with little sack boy. This no. is basically a game. Um, no. If you ever saw Cabin in the Woods with like Liam Hemsworth that came out, I don't even know what it was, maybe six or seven years ago. It's kind of a similar premise. So basically, this group of eight teenagers. 
decided to go back into this this cabin in like what almost appears to be like a Colorado mountains like ski resort type place. One of the guy's parents owns this resort, and they go with um, basically Remy Malik, I think is his name, the guy who's playing Freddie Mercury and um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Actually, is like one of the main protagonists. He's also from Mr. Robot. Sure. Yeah, so he is kind of like one main, main protagonist, and he's the brother of these two twin sisters. So these two twin sisters end up going missing, and depending on, we'll get into like the decisions we chose and what ended up happening to yeah, them. Yeah, so there are spoilers ahead. Yeah, so we definitely want to preface this by saying that this is a game that's very adventure-based. You kind of choose um, decisions. You have like a split second to kind of choose whether you want to go d- down certain paths or whether you want someone to say certain things to other people. It's kind of like a point-and-click adventure, um, but it's definitely more interactive that you actually get to control your characters and explore the environments and stuff. But these two girls go missing, and a year later, the the younger brother kind of invites all the friends to come back to this resort um, to kind of memorialize them and just kind of hopefully put the past behind them and just have fun. Well... It doesn't take long for things to go real south real fast. Basically, they're like, there's this crazy axe murderer on the loose. And different parts of the story in the first chapter or so, everyone kind of starts like splitting up and going and embarking on their own little journeys, so to speak. And you basically get to control each of the eight people and play out their stories. And you're given a slew of player choice in this game where... Again, you can say certain things to certain people to kind of be sympathetic to them, or you can be sarcastic. And there's basically this mechanic in the game. It's called a butterfly effect thing. So basically, if you've heard the thing before, like a a butterfly that flaps its wings could start like a tsunami like halfway across the world because of whatever. What's that? Wasn't there a short story that you had to read back in high school? It's like Thunder something that had that... Well, basically, like that's a very dinosaur. vague description of a book I read. Yeah, they're basically like a dinosaur stepped on like off this path that they had to follow, and then it ended up changing the future, and then like apes ruled the current world because they went back in time. Planet of the Apes? No, I forget what it's called. It, it's it's basically the concept of butterfly effect. Okay, but yeah, so that's kind of like the the main mechanic here, and what's really um, I don't want to say it's irritating or frustrating, but it's kind of like always keeps you on your toes because. You'll make certain decisions that you don't think would have like a drastic impact to the story. Lauren's delivering you, uh, Ryan, some Thank tea. You. This podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Zen Tea, green tea with a hint of lemon, uh, lemongrass and uh, peppermint. So, um, let me take a nice little swig here. All right, it's good stuff. But so, decisions that you don't think would have a really drastic impact on the story or events later on can, and it's really interesting because things you didn't think would have an impact, three chapters later could have a significant impact on the story. So, Ryan, let's kind of talk through some of the decisions that we made in the game because, yes, we're kind of spoiling things, but at the same time, Ryan could, you know, we're both five chapters into a game that's ten chapters long. He could have three characters dead already that those three people are alive in my story and vice versa. Um, there is a... You can save every character in this game, um, but I didn't want to read any guides. I wanted to just completely do a blind playthrough, not reading anything, just so that I got the most raw outcome possible. And I think, Ryan, you're doing the same. I did the same. So the game kicks off, and they play this prank on one of the sisters. Basically, they try and set him up with the big jock guy. 
And basically every stereotype you'd see in some B horror movie where a bunch of kids go to a, a lake house or something is here. You have your jock. You have like your cheerleader girl. You have a nerdy person. We're not going to remember names because there was like oh, eight yeah. people. Yeah, we can just There's say blonde person. That girl with that feature. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. Um, but so in the beginning of the game, you know, they kind of set it up this prank where the, the jock guy is going to try and, you know, have some fun with one of the like the nerdier sisters. She goes into the room and everyone's like hiding and she starts like almost kind of like undressing. Re- undressing and then someone's laughing under the bed and she finds out it was just a big prank. So she freaks out and runs out of the house and keep in mind it's like the middle of winter. They're in the absolute middle of nowhere, the top of this hill where the ski resort is. She starts just running aimlessly into the woods. Mm-hmm. And the sister is like, you know, guys, what did you do? And she chases after her. And so this girl's running through the forest, and as she's running, you'll there'll be a button prompt if you played Resident Evil 4, even the God of War games, where it's there's these time button presses where you'll have to press like square, circle, triangle, or X to kind of avoid obstacles, whether it's like a tree stump or twigs or whatever it is. You have to kind of press time these button presses. Yeah. So when you get to your sister, you find out that something is chasing you. You don't know what it is. And you basically get pushed up against a cliff. And you're both hanging there. One of them's hanging onto the cliff. One of them, and that same person's also hanging onto her sister. Yeah. You're given a choice. You can either <laughs> let go of the cliff and you'll both fall, or you can let go of the sister. Keep in mind that there's this crazy axe murderer on the cliff right there. So if you don't both let go, he's going to get one of them regardless. Or yeah. you're going to fall and, you know, take your chances and hopefully you fall in some snow and you survive. What yeah. did you do? I let go and we both died. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't like, let I didn't let the girl go. I just let go of the cliff. We both fell and just like, like smacked our heads on rocks. One and, broke her back and yeah. the other one just tumbled to her death. Yeah. So I was just like, oh. that was one heck of an opening. And it's just like then it's just like pans out. It's like until dawn. And so as the name would imply, basically your goal of the entire game is to survive the night, you know. Until dawn. Until dawn. Um so yeah, I mean I don't even know where we would go from there. I mean, I guess one thing we should say that's really interesting about this game is that between chapters... Yeah, this this is really interesting. You basically find yourself in this office, and there's this really creepy, eerie, almost Dracula-like man who's just very lanky and weird-looking yeah. sitting in this office, and he'll he's always looking out the window, and then he starts walking over to, her, to you, and it's very self-aware, this game. It basically says, like, listen, you are in an interactive experience, and your choices are going to affect whether people live or die. It almost feels like a therapist, kind of. He does. And he's, like, asking you, what scares you? And you have to, like, pick out of these two scenarios, or, like, spiders versus, like, rats or something. And you keep going through, and you're like, okay, maybe he's trying to help me. Like, he's a good guy. Yeah. And you realize that all those choices that you're making, like... One of them were, do you like, are you afraid of clowns or zombies? I chose clowns because um, I didn't want to be afraid of zombies. And like the person later on who's chasing you based off that decision is wearing like a clown mask. Yeah. Or like, um, I was afraid of needles. I pick needles a lot. Mm-hmm. So he's like trying to needle me yeah. the entire time. Um, there's also like random spiders crawling over the camera, which is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's a really interesting dynamic. So I guess the next scenario or like thing that you get to is it's like a guy and a girl at a shooting range and it's teaching you the shooting mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a she's kind of giving you crap like anyone can hit a, a 
stationary target. Or, or, yeah, yeah. Like that. And then a squirrel jumps up. Did you choose to shoot the squirrel or did you choose to not shoot the squirrel? No, so it's interesting. When the squirrel came up, you had the choice to either like shoot this like hanging plate on the tree or go ahead and shoot the squirrel. And keep in mind, you have at least like you have like three seconds to move the analog stick to shoot one or the other. And I did not shoot the squirrel. So I shot the squirrel. Of course you did. <laughs> and the repercussions to that was that a bird came down and attacked the girl and I scratched her face. Oh, really? Yeah. And then later on, she like tripped and like re-hit her head. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was the effect of that one. Um, and then <laughs> another funny one. So it introduces another couple. Like it's this black guy and this Asian chick. Mm-hmm. And like everyone's an ex-girlfriend or an ex-boyfriend. Yeah, everyone's like dated one Which another is a very stereotypical at some point or another. Like, yeah, exactly. Scary movie trope. And... um. So, like, the Asian girl had da- dated, the, like, the jock guy, mm-hmm. and so she was like, hey, can you take my bags up to the cabin? I need to go look for this girl. And my first instinct was like, no, I'm not going to let you run off into the woods alone. Yeah. Like, we had just seen. And then she completely is like, do your job, like, take my bags to the cabin. I was like, okay, I'm not happy with you. And then, like, the next scene, it's like you're at a... um like an overlook? Yeah, exactly. And like you see this girl looking through and she sees the girl f- or the ex-girlfriend and the jock guy yes. like hugging. So did you tell the boyfriend? Yeah, so this is what's so this is the setup. The the, the black kid goes up the, the hill and he sees Ashley, I think it was her name, looking through the telescope, just kind of casually looking off in the distance, but she sees this Asian girl and the jock kind of like hugging, almost mm-hmm. like re- not rekindling so much, but maybe just kind of making up. Yeah, exactly. And so then <laughs> You're given the choice to, because he's asked, like, oh, see anything interesting? And she's, yeah. you have the choice to either say, like, uh, yeah, actually, you should t- take a look at this. I said no. I was like, no, nothing really. And uh, it's, I think one of the options was like, no, it doesn't even work. Yeah. But then they ask you again. And they're basically just like, do you let them look? Or do you just say, like, it's broken, don't worry about it? So after they asked me a second time, I was like, okay, I'll let them look. And then he looked, and he's just like, what the F? You know, he's yeah. like, you know, freaked out. And so... That played into when everyone enters the house and kind of like unloads all their bags and everything. Um, he confronts his girlfriend about it. And then, of course, the Asian girl is see, comes in and sees this cheerleader girl with the jock eye that she just rekindled with. And so she starts like chewing her out and getting into like a big heated argument. And it's just it's just this giant like. Yeah, she came in just firing off like guns. Yeah. Not like literal guns, but like just. You're a whore. Yeah, she <laughs> like, really was. She was like, like, "Holy cow!" Like this escalated. But then you had to like choose to either like try and calm her down, defuse. yeah, or like, and then she lashes at you, or mm-hmm. like, when I say you, I'm living vicariously through this black guy yeah. because I'm like, she just attacked me. Like, I'm not gonna just like I don't know roll over and take these things to the cabin. Like my yeah. instinct is to do that. So after that point, I was pissed. At the, the Asian girl. At the Asian girl. And my entire goal of this game is to kill her. Well, you're probably going to get the opportunity. So No, so like later on, you're like you're helping her around like this steep thing. Uh-huh. And there's like a motion thing where you have to click triangle. And I'm guessing if I didn't click triangle, she would have fallen off the cliff. And I saved her. And I'm just sitting there like after I'm like, I lost my chance. I don't like, think she would have died that easily. I think... Every death in this game is going to be pretty brutal, at least from what I've experienced so far. It's been yeah, that way. Yeah, me too. So after that happens, um, I'm just going to call him Freddie Mercury because that's basically who it okay, is. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Freddie, he 
tells the jock guy and the blonde girl that there's basically another little mini cabin further down. And he says, listen, I don't want there to be a lot of tension here. We came up here to have fun this weekend. Why don't you guys go and sleep there tonight? We can come, you can come back tomorrow or whatever. So they're just like, okay, whatever. So they, they leave and they start trekking towards this little house, the other little house in the woods. And at this point, you're kind of like segregated into like three or four different groups. Everyone kind of goes off and starts doing yeah, their own thing. Yeah, everyone's paired up and r- roaming around. So Jessica is this blonde-haired girl with, with the jock boy, and they f- eventually um, start making their way towards this cabin. Mm-hmm. And then what even happens? Like so the-, the decision you have to make is you find a mask in like an out like cabin that was kind of abandoned, and you pick up the mask and you choose oh, yeah. to scare her. Because she's like scared you earlier, yeah. Or do you not scare her? What did scare you him. do? I oh yeah. Okay, so she's like going through a bunch of stuff, and you go into this like little shed. You find this mask. Yeah, she's like looking at a river, like a yeah. little stream. So you have the choice to come up behind her and freak her out because she previously kind of tried to scare <laughs> you. Um, I chose to not freak her out. Okay. I, I just basically said, like, oh, Jessica, hey, look at this weird mask I so found. I chose to scare her. <laughs> well, you're <And> savage. <laughs> well, she's terrified me like, and was a jerk about it, so I scared her. She fell into the river. Did she really? And just got soaking wet, just covered in ice. Oh, my gosh. So I guess you end up making your way to the cabin after hearing noises and, like, being did chased. Did you get chased? Yeah, okay. being chased. When she got to the cabin, did she have her phone? She lost her phone. Okay, so then that happens regardless of you scaring her. I think so, yeah. Because then the per- the perpetrator person like throws the phone through the window. Yeah, and then she like she thinks it's one of the friends. Because mm-hmm. they were about to start doing stuff. Yeah. And then um, she goes out front. And it's like, hey, like I, I know this is you guys playing a joke. You guys are jerks. She goes back in and then just gets her head, like, she gets sucked out of the door. By this giant thing, whatever it is. And uh, so then at that point, you're playing as Jockman, and you start, like, chasing after her. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Jessica, I'm coming after you. I'm going to get you, whatever. And so at this point, you're, like, directed all, you know, do you go down this path? Do you go down the safe route? Do you climb this? Do you do that? Well, it gets to a point where you're overlooking this cliff, and you see this thing dragging Jessica away. And so you're like, oh, Jessica, I'm coming. So at this point, you can either make a jump down or safely climb down. So I'm thinking this about this logically. I'm thinking, well, if I jump down, I'm probably going to break at least one of my legs. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, it's, I'm going to struggle to get to them anyways. So why don't I go down the safe route and then, you know, figure out what's going on? Because you grabbed a shotgun. You, you yeah, have a shotgun. Yeah. And so I went down the safe route and I'm chasing her. I go, th- you go into like almost like this cave-like area. Like a mine shaft? Yeah, and so what's really interesting is she's, like, down there, right? Just kind of, like, chilling. Yeah, she's, like, in the elevator. Yeah, and at that point, did you, like, do the time button press to jump? Or you could either jump down or... Because what the heck happened? Because I remember, like, I chose for him to jump down, but then that figure, that person was, like, standing above there. In the mine shaft. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, I mean, you go, she's sitting there. She has like claw marks across her chest. Like she's not doing well. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I think you go to like pull her out and then the mine shaft just drops. Is that what happened for you? Oh, wait. I'm thinking of, um, hmm. I think the mine shaft part happened before they got to the cabin. When they're like walking through the, like, the little mine place and then. Yeah, there are two mine shafts. That's right. Scenes. Okay. So, the, okay. Because you did you you jump down to be heroic? No. 
Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, exactly. To I did be that with her. the first time, the first mind shaft. Yeah, part. We're probably confusing sec- listeners, but yeah. it doesn't matter. So the second time, <laughs> since I did, since I slowly climbed down to be safe, and I got into the mine shaft, I just heard a bunch of ruckus, and then she just like literally fell down the elevator shaft that was just dead. And at that point, in front of you, yeah. Oh, okay. So I jumped down, and I got to her when before she fell down the elevator shaft. Oh, and then like. You see her, and she's just laying there on the ground with, like, claw marks on. You're like, she's still alive, and she's like, help me, kind of thing. Yeah. And you go up to her, and then, like, you you begin to start pulling her out, and then the entire elevator shaft falls. Oh, crap. So... I don't know how you'd save everyone. Like, you'd have to make very... Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, when that happens, it showed me a vision of jumping down... Or not jumping down, but taking the safe route down the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um... But it sounds like even if I just jumped down, I wouldn't have been able to save her anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't hit all the button presses, but I doubt that it would do that much. Unless you have to be perfect, run. Well, there's probably decisions that you would have had to have made in, like, chapter one yeah, to probably. keep her from dying. Um, yeah. Like, who knows? Maybe they don't even end up going to that little cabin thing. Yeah. Maybe there's a, a scenario, a dialogue option that allows you to not even, for that even to happen. I don't know. Um, but you probably took more careful notes. So what's your next big decision that we had to make? Um, so after that, I, the next one I have is the decision between the two people. Oh crap. Okay. So this, this takes you after Jessica died. I think there's a break in the story. You go back to, um, your shrink and he's like asking you a bunch of questions and he opens up the notebook and, um, you basically have to choose between two people who you like more. Yeah. And these well, you, are, you choose between yeah the in, there's multiple decisions but yeah, that's essentially these it. are the in game characters so you you know you have Jessica Asian <laughs> girl black dude all these different people and it's almost like I don't even know like uh, not a skill tree but um, a family tree of people and it just keeps whittling it down to eventually like who do you like worst yeah it's like who do you like the most and who do you like the worst and you get down to two people so for me it was Freddie Mercury and Ashley yeah it was the same for me too. Oh, it was? Yeah. Okay, so I chose Ashley. I liked Ashley more. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so did, did you accident... or So I guess going forward in the story, because like, I don't know how you end up getting there, right? I think Ashley gets taken, or... Well, yeah, because remember you, you do the, um, the Ouija board. Yes. Chris, yeah, yeah. Ashley, and Freddie, they do the little Ouija board, and then... They get freaked out because the, the Ouija board starts basically saying that the sisters died and they're trying to talk and communicate with Freddie. Yeah, yeah. So he like storms off and is like, I'm not doing this. This is ridiculous. And Chris and Ashley think that like um, he's just faking it or like what's going on. When they start to go look for him. Because it said to go into the library. Right? Yeah. And so when they go in there, um, they both get like knocked out. Chris wakes up. Ashley's gone. Well, you found the note that was like a picture of them and it said like, essentially like I'm going to come get you or I've been like stalking you exactly for a long time. Yep. Yep. Um, so Chris goes and looks for, for Ashley at this point. Cause he's like freaking out cause he knows someone's in the house and took her. And eventually he, you know, he hears this voice on this like loudspeaker talking to him and instructing him to go into this room. He does the lights go on and he sees Freddie and Ashley tied up to a pole with a giant saw blade getting ready to start like spinning. And you basically at that point have to make a decision as to who's going to live. Mm-hmm. So I chose to save Ashley and this little saw blade starts getting closer and closer to Freddie. 
And I'm thinking, like, this is just a scare tactic. It's going to stop right before it gets to his stomach. No. <laughs> it just sawed him right in half. Intestines and everything just start, like, spraying all over the place. And he's dead. He's very much dead. Very much dead. Yeah. And so I was just like, oh, crap. This is getting really intense. And then at that point, you help Ashley down. And then I think there was, like, a break in the story again. Yeah. Well, because I wanted to save Freddie Mercury. Because I'm like... And then I was also thinking about that, because that's a really hard choice. Yeah, like it was you, not easy. Because the guy who was making the decision had a crush on Ashley. And then exactly. I was like... That's why I chose to save her. Yeah. Well, and then I was also like, he just had his two sisters die. Do we really need to kill him off? I like, know, Do we want to have like, one so surviving member of that family? I couldn't believe that he was one of the people that I had to choose between. I'm like, like, well, because you're not playing as him ever. Yeah, that's You right. don't play as his character. He was kind of a douche, though, because he was like egging Chris on earlier in the story about like getting laid and everything and i was not having that because he was like like telling him to like make a move or whatever because remember when they went through yeah the- but it's not worth him like sawing him in half and i'm like he just watched his sisters die a year ago yeah like i had some sympathy for him so like i meant to like you have to do the leather lever two ways so i was thinking the lever meant um like left to ashley means I kill Ashley. Mm-hmm. So I tried doing that, and then it went to him, and I was like, shit. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I exited out of my PS4, and then I, like, reloaded it, and it, sa- it like, saved before I made the decision. So I went back, and I tried to do Freddie Mercury. Like, I do, did the lever to the right to see his face, mm-hmm. and it still killed him off. I'm like, well, he's dead either way. That's really interesting. Hmm. So... I'm going to place in a story now where Jock Guy is basically trying to follow the killer of Jessica. And basically this person, what appears to be, has like three like timber wolves yeah. following him. And he's like just a monster of a person. And he looks like he like walks into some facility on this hill. Okay, so did you go into the facility? I've not. Okay. So I hopped over that like little ledge or whatever with like the lantern. And then I was like, okay, I'm turning it off. Because at that point you hadn't started playing yet. And I don't want to get so far ahead that I couldn't, you know, recollect the decisions I made. So I made it through that chapter. Okay, well, don't tell me anything about that okay. then. Um, we'll definitely kind of table this discussion and then pick back up next week. Okay. Um, we'll talk about the kind of the conclusion of the story. Okay, but sounds good. I also picked up um, Amnesia, the, the collection. <laughs> so this is like one of... This is touted as like basically being one of the most scary games rivaling, you know, PT, Outlast, Slender, all those types of things. It's in that kind of same category where um, I believe it's first person. You're kind of like in these corridors and there's really no way to survive like physically. You can't I don't think you really have a lot of weapons. It's more just like running away from your. No, essentially, I think the premise is you wake up in this house and all you have is a light. And there's an interesting mechanic where you get, like, terrified. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're starting to freak out, you your vision ends up going. Like, okay. it starts shaking and starts, like, going in on itself. Gotcha. Don't um, move your mic, but definitely talk into your mic. Okay. There you go. So, um, yeah, it's a terrifying game. I've watched a lot of gameplay. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm definitely going to finish Until Dawn, prioritize that early in the week, and then second half of the week, try and play some Amnesia, get some impression of that impressions of that on the podcast next week um sounds good i've just also been playing bloodborne to take a break from until dawn because in between each chapter you're like i need to decompress and not like bloodborne is something relaxing and like low-key i did load up peggles and play like a round or two but like you have to decompress a bit between scary yeah i was playing (laughs) lauren's dancing over there what are you doing peggles she's (laughs) guest appearance lauren 
Um, no, what was else? Okay, so I, yeah, between Until Dawn, I've been playing a little bit more Dragon Quest. Put another mm-hmm. like three to five hours in. I feel like I'm going to be playing that game for like the next three months. Yeah, I did level up a few levels. Yeah. Um, my dudes are like 58 now. Okay. I, I said 66 to you previously, yeah. but they're Liar. only 58. I did lie. Yeah. Um, I'm at the final boss, and the first time I think I was at level like 50 or so, I was not good enough from what I remember. Okay. So, yeah, I have to train. Good tad. stuff. Good stuff. So more until dawn, amnesia next week. All right, so let's get into the plethora of questions that we got from all kinds of places. So you can, if you want to submit a question to the Otaku Brothers podcast, you can do so in several different ways. We have a Discord that um, I post the link on the uh, podcast descriptions every week, so you can go there, which is basically this um, public forum. It's a space where you can ask us questions, leave us feedback, um, just general comments about what's going on in the industry. It's a really cool place to be able to just kind of communicate in real time. You can also submit questions um, to our Gmail at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram where I post periodic updates and remind all you fellow listeners that uh, you can submit questions and all that fun stuff. So let's uh, tackle Travis's question first. Okay. He wrote in um, a couple weeks ago, and I told him that we were going to save his question until we did our Halloween special. So I'm loading the Gmail now. Um, it's taking a second here, but um, <laughs> here it is. Okay, so, oops, your selected image failed to load. I don't care. Look care. Um, okay, Travis, friend of the show, writes in and he says, "Hope you two had good weeks. It's going pretty horribly, Travis. Thanks for asking." Yeah, this Monday it's rough. Your podcast continues to be a highlight of mine. I always enjoy the episodes where you two have um, have to make lists because I'm addicted to list making myself. Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. I, of course, had to put together my own Desert Island packing list after the show, and Travis shared that with me, and there were some interesting picks. So um, I don't want to go through my text messages right now, but take it from me. Take my word for it. Solid, okay. solid list of stuff. He said, it's almost Halloween. We are uh, two days away. I'm sure you two will probably cover it uh, to some capacity soon. So my question this week uh, were of that theme. Number one, who were your top video game villains? Also, top movie TV villains. Let's go with top three for the sake of brevity, though I'm sure you two could easily do a top five. I did three for each. Yeah, I did three. I'm going to go ahead and read through Travis's for both. So his game villains, um, some spoilers for number one. Um, well, if you haven't played Skyward Sword... Um, yeah, I don't plan on it you're not anytime on it. soon. Adore. I heard it's amazing. Zelda game is so good. The music yeah. is phenomenal. Number three, he says, the true villain of Hollow Knight. Just play it and don't be content with the first ending. There's hours more work to be done after that. Hollow right. Knight, that's like $14 on PS4, yeah. right? Is that PS4 and on Switch. What type of game is it? It looked interesting. It's like a 2D side-scrolling platformer. It's like really kind of dark looking. Is that um, not a roguelike? No, it's not. It's just RPG? traditional. No, no, no. It's just a traditional 2D platformer. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, he says Gruntilda from the Banjo-Kazooie 2 games. He said, I love how you can beat her in the first game, and she's stuck under a rock when you continue to play after the boss. And in the second game, she's a skeleton. <laughs> who else but rare who else but rare and then number one he says the reincarnations of demise demise is the original big bad of the zelda games and the villain of skyward sword the first game chronologically when you defeat him he swears his hatred and malice are so strong that he'll reincarnate himself forever zelda and link pretty much swear the same thus why you can't have a different link zelda and ganon every game so yeah mm. skyward Sword's a terrific game i remember playing that one summer was that the boat one 
No, that's Wind Waker. Okay. Um, Skyward Sword was the one that was built for the you know from the ground up for the Wii. Okay. Um, it's a terrific entry in the series for sure. Movie TV villain, TV villains. He says, um, the the Beldum from Coraline. Oh, this is a movie that I've not seen. He said, such an eerily creepy villain for a kids movie. But hey, it's Neil Neil Gaiman. I'm not familiar with his stuff, but I think he did Paranorman and Coraline. Very Tim Burton esque. Um, number two, he says. Quote, unquote, human extinction from Interstellar. I'd argue this is the main villain of this film. I love it. I've only sat through it twice because it's so draining, but it's one of the my all-time favorite uh, favorites, number two for him. The pressing threat of extinction and loss um, of what makes us human, that being love, perfectly drives the emotion of the revelation that love surpasses time and space. And then number one, we share this, Travis, Heath Ledger's Joker from The Dark Knight. Need I say more? It took Josh Brolin and a mocap suit to come halfway close to what Heath pulled off for this film. Um, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Ryan, let's start with video game villains. What is your number three? Um, I'd have to say Handsome Jack from Borderlands. Oh, yeah, he's good. Yeah, I really like his character. He's sarcastic. He's a psychopath. And, yeah, he's just a entertaining villain to go after. Very nice. Uh, my number three is Pagan Min from Far Cry 4. Uh, um, yeah. He's I have an absolute psychopath, it. and he he's basically Silvando from Dragon Quest Eleven. if he was a Is villain. that the one set in India, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like the Himalayas. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, you can, like, yeah, you can ride like elephants <laughs> and all kinds. There's like Siberian tigers everywhere and um, outstanding game. I mean, I love, love, love the Far Cry games, mm-hmm. with the exception being... Far Cry Primal. I talked about that like 10 episodes ago. Yeah. Um, I was watching glitches from the new one. They're hilarious. Yeah, I do want to get Far Cry 5. I never got yeah. around to playing that. But what's your number two? Um, Ganondorf. Nice. From Legend Zelda. Zelda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Self-explanatory. Um, yeah, I think it's, you don't even need to go into that. Ganondorf is a large brooding man who turns into a pig and exactly. potentially a spider. Yep. And other things. Ramon Salazar. Okay. Who's from the game that you so spent so much time with this week, Resident Evil 4. Yeah. He's no, like, I, I beat the entire game. He's like this little miniature, probably like three and a half feet tall, Napoleon little dude. And he so often intercepts your radio calls and like just taunts you throughout the game. And when you eventually fight him, he turns into like this like behemoth monster thing that with like this nasty looking face and an eye that you have to shoot. And um, But he's just so comical. Um, yeah. but at the same time, just such a, so menacing. So he definitely makes my list very, mem- very, very memorable. There's a lot of memorable bosses in that game, but I think he takes the cake. Uh, what is your number one? My favorite is Bowser. Nice. Classic. Okay. Just old school. Yeah. All right. That's fair Always enough. Always stealing the peach. Always stealing the peach. <laughs> um, my number one game villain also is my number one spot for movies, and that is the Joker from the Batman Arkham games. I've never played those. I heard they're they really good. They are outstanding, especially Arkham Knight, the ending... To, or not Arkham Knight, I'm sorry. Arkham City, the ending to that game is phenomenal. I mean, it's... I, I don't even want to speak about is it. Is that the one where the assassins are after you, like a six assassins? Yeah, Ra's al Ghul. You have to fight... Um, sl- not Slade. Um, what's a dude with the mask? Like halfway down, orange and black. Deathstroke. Deathstroke. You fight him in... He's like the first assassin guy? Yeah, no. So you fight... That's Arkham Origins. That was a different team. Rock City didn't do that game. 
Oh, okay. But Rocksteady basically did for the video game or superhero video game genre that really hadn't been done since Activision Spider-Man 2 and the PlayStation 2. It completely blew people away, both critics and just us as, you know, gamers alike. It just blew us blew it out of the water. I mean, Arkham Asylum is outstanding. Arkham City, I think, is even that much better. And uh, there are, like, a very few games that I'd give, like, a 10. Mm-hmm. And Arkham City, I'd, without a doubt, unquestionably give that game a 10. I've only played a little bit of Arkham Knight on the PS4. Um, a lot of people say that, like, one of the biggest, their biggest gripes is the, um, you can ride the Batmobile. I had no problems with that at all. I thought it controlled very well. It felt powerful, and it was fun. As long as it feels better than a ghost from, um, or one of the warthogs from Halo. Dude, I loved controlling those things. They were so much fun. You could just drift everywhere. Yeah, but you basically got, like, them. ice all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Super realistic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, so the Joker, I mean, so Mark Hamill, of course, voices the character he has since the 90s in the animated series. Yeah. Speaking of, Batman the Animated Series, the complete collection comes on my doorstep tomorrow, the Blu-ray. Nice. So excited to go through that series again. But, yeah, he's just... He I owns, still have a copy of whatever. You can keep it, because I have all of it on Blu-ray now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was that DVD? Yeah. It's inferior products. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, he's just... That's he, so, like, 10 years ago. Mark Hamill owns that character, and it's sad that he's kind <laughs> of um, put up the cleats, so to speak, with the character. I don't think he really wants to play it anymore, just because he's, sure been, doing it, he's been doing it for, like, 20, 25 years at this point. Um, but yeah, you should get, uh, Return to Arkham. They basically remastered the PS3, 360 games for PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, no, those did look like a lot of fun. So, yeah. Um, isn't there a rumor going around that they're making a Superman version? Yeah, there were rumors about that for a while. I can't even remember what Rocksteady is doing these days. Um, I would love a Superman game. I think. Wasn't there a really bad one that everyone complains about? On the N64, it's like notoriously known as like the worst game ever next to like E.T. on the Atari 2600. But um, let's get into movie villains. Yes. Who is your number three? Thanos. It took 23 movies to establish his character. So he's a giant web of influence. And then his payoff in Infinity Wars. Yeah. Nice. It being my favorite Marvel movie. Yeah, he's definitely up there. I like it. Uh, my number three is... None other than Michael Myers from the Halloween franchise. Not surprised by that. One. Yeah, <laughs> not um, at all. And we'll get into that a little bit later. We got an email, um, basically ripping Halloween apart, the 2018 version. And I am here to defend both Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers. And so. I'm here to take a neutral, unbiased. There it approach. is. There it is. I, he just embodies pure evil. There's really no um, reasoning to his killing, and I just I love that that raw picture of evil. I think it's just awesome, especially in this new movie. But what's your number two? Mine is Anton Chigurh. What? From uh, No Country from old, for Old Men. Oh, okay. The main serial killer guy. Yeah, I need to watch that movie. You haven't seen it? No. Dude. Too busy marathoning all the Halloween movies this week. Yeah, I'm not surprised in that one. But yeah, no, it's, it's a great movie, and he just embodies the psychotic... Mm-hmm. like unfeeling person so well nice vader. yeah you need to see that i do yeah. uh, darth vader very nice i think very um, iconic he was just absolutely terrifying you know watching those movies like the original three movies <laughs> um you know new hope empire and return of the jedi i mean he just 
I mean, we, since we didn't have the backstory to his character from the prequels, mm-hmm. it was just raw power, just so angry and just, I, it was just, yeah, I don't even know what to say. And it was great to see him in Rogue One just being a, just awesome. Oh, yeah. Going I mean, through the corridor and just killing everyone. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just has, mm, I don't even know how to describe it. Darth Vader. He's just the force to be reckoned with. They need a Darth Vader movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> you man, you you spoiled my dad joke. Sorry. Darth Vader, a force to be reckoned with. That's all you need to know. Which number one? The Joker. Okay, that's me yeah, as well. Heath Ledger, of yeah. course. I don't you, think there's to, no one competes with that. We don't need to go into that. Um, let's do some of these other one-off questions that we have, and then um, I will defend the uh, Halloween 2018 movie. So, wasn't there more questions to that? Um, oh yeah, Travis. Gosh, you wrote us like a novel, didn't you? My bad, Travis. All right. I back, got you, Travis. Backpedal here. Um, I think you're like four. Yeah, there is. Number two, if you could take one of your favorite games, gaming series, and have re- a rewritten version where you play as the villain. Vi- villain. Villian. Which, villian. Which would you choose? He says, this reminded me that I've been meaning to find and read an interesting book called The Last Ring Bearer. It's a retelling of Lord of the Rings from the perspective of Mordor, who is really an advancing civilization and their destruction by the pagan earth worshiping leagues of elves that's yeah that sounds amazing yeah oh gosh so what is your uh did you have a pick here you had a few i was actually thinking that approach like um morgoth um sauron taking the bad side of the lord of the rings Mm -hmm. i think the that would be awesome that or palpatine see his motivations internal thoughts what his actual schemes were behind the scenes. Because there's a lot of comics and things that shed light on that, but to have a movie or to take that approach would be cool. Mm-hmm. Better Voldemort. Yeah, Voldemort would be great. Um, a less kind of overarching villain would be a Stormtrooper. Um, they kind of went that way with Finn, but that lasted all of like five minutes in the first one. Yeah. And then they tried to do that with Battlefront 2, and then they turned her to the good side it would be cool to see like a loyal stormtrooper and their thoughts and the propaganda and how the entire inner workings of the empire worked. Not from a, someone who turns instantly when their things are questioned, but someone who's actually like solely focused on being part of the empire. I like that. Good choice. Um, for me, I just had something. Um, what the heck was I going to say, Ryan? I'm sure it was great. Do you have another one? No, I, I just listed four. I seriously was going to just talk about something. It's like one of my favorite games, um, but not Kingdom Hearts. What was I going to talk about? What the heck? We're going to go to the next question because I honestly cannot think of what I was just going to say. Um, really given just amazing content. Oh, it's Sephiroth. <laughs> yeah, Sephiroth. That's what I was thinking. Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. I want that sword. And I think just ripping people apart with that thing would be one heck of a jolly good time. Yeah, that or um, Ansem, I thought you were going to go for. Yes, in Kingdom Hearts. Um, um, even, Riku would... Yeah, He's technically sort of, good, but yeah. technically not good. I would have liked to have seen more of his like his side of everything in Kingdom Hearts 1, how he was kind of like a little puppet going around and doing different things. Yeah, I liked in the Chain of Memories where he could go around and play his story, like his perspective. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, number three, what is your favorite brand of horror films? You said ghosts, zombies, space, psychological, etc., he says, I love space horror, the Dead Space games, and in film, um, Pandorum? I've never heard of that. 
Mm-hmm. I love the confined spaces, creaking, clanking of metals, stream bursts, and knowing you're trapped in a floating casket. For me, it's really all over the place. I think I like like suspense, thriller, type, psychological type stuff more, or most, I should say. Um, but I also love a good zombie ghost flick every now and again as well. Yeah, I like psychological. I like the idea of like possession too. That those are always fun. Oh yeah, but not like um, the exorcism of Emily, Emily Rose. Rose. Like that's no fun. It's more like the Conjuring kind of exorcism, where it's not like actual events. Mm-hmm. Um, because that movie's actually sad because they like the parents starved her to death. Yeah, and they're in jail now. Um, like that's interesting. I also like plagues and things where mm-hmm. it's not necessarily zombies, but it's like the happening was an interesting concept with poor oh execution. Gosh, yeah, the garbage. concept by itself was interesting. The fact that plants and things can introduce toxins that can interfere with us, mm-hmm. and like that it interfered so much that people like would freak out and commit suicide and yeah. like, kill each other. Um, yeah, some of the script, like writing in that was pretty cheesy. Yeah, M. Night Shyamalan's very hit or miss. We'll talk about our favorite horror films later on, but um, yeah. I am looking forward to the, I think it's Glass, the sequel to Split, and... Um, yeah, that did look really good. The original one with uh, Samuel Jackson, Bruce um, Willis. But uh, last question here from Travis. He says, and finally, could you each share what sort of horror game would terrify you most? Um, even if you're a huge fan of horror like Rusty, you'd take one look at the trailer and say, nope, 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 I'm out of there. He says, I can't handle games where you're powerless and can run, can only run and hide, like the newest incarnation of Resident Evil or Outlast. Yeah, see, I'm on the same page as you, Travis, but I also like terrifying myself, so I'm going to play um, Resident Evil 7. I'm going to play Amnesia. I don't know. I just love, like, scaring myself. I don't know why. Um, probably when I was a child, like I had to, we'll talk about this was later. It epinephrine, you got the fight or flight going on. It's yeah. It's I mean, it really kind of gets my blood going and it just like challenges me psychologically, I suppose, you know, when I was younger and I watched pet cemetery for the first time when I was five years old, I mean, it, it scared me for life. I mean, it really, I had nightmares for months. Um, and shortly thereafter, you know, I was watching the original Halloween, um, Pet Cemetery 2, um, the, not the, I didn't watch The Exorcist that young, uh, but like the child's play movies, the whole nine yards. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, from a very young age, I just really liked horror and I didn't start playing horror games until Resident Evil 4 and from there it's kind of been no looking back, so. Okay, so that's a nostalgia game for you. Yeah, actually there are very few games that I ever woke up before school to play. My buddy Nick, I've talked about on the podcast quite a bit. The one where I like did the ninja the samurai, controller ninja samurai or uh, ninja star his face. Um, he would come over to my house and we'd play like two hours. We'd get up at like five thirty, come over to my house for like two hours, and we'd play Resident Evil Four on the Wii. The Wii version is actually the first one I played, um, and we'd play it like for two hours before high school, um, like my freshman year. Nice, I do that before work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Bloodborne boss. All right, whatever. Do I feel like going in at five thirty, or could I beat a boss and be further in my game? So I've showed up at 6. Wise choice. Wise choice. Um, But yeah, so I guess to answer your question, Travis, I am more in line with the only run and hide type stuff. That's pretty terrifying. But what about you? Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, I think my scariest movie I've ever seen was like The Grudge. (laughs) That terrifies me like to no end. Yeah. So like anything with, it's usually like children. Children are creepy. 
Ooh, I got a, I got a movie for you later. Oh. Or like people with hair that cover their face. Like that's generally the core concept. Did you ever see The Ring? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wasn't that bad. It wasn't terrible. Um, the Grudge, oh, like all the grudges. It's like the weird noises that the people make because it's like it's the noise she made when like her husband snapped her neck or mm-hmm. like she fell down the stairs. And then like a boy with his mouth open and like they're all pale and pale people are freaky. Like <laughs> who can stand the Irish? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm like at least 25%. Oh, Irish. I'm at least 25% too. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's kind of what freaks me out. Yeah. Well, Irish Travis, people. thank you for that question. He also gave us another one that um, I don't know if you were drinking scotch that night, Travis, or what was going on when you came uh, pulled this one out of the air. But he says... Would you rather be haunted by ghost dogs that just appear and hump your leg or ones that fart? I got to be honest, Travis. Farts don't really bother me that much. So, But they're ghost farts. Uh, ghost farts don't bother me either. <sighs> Sulfur, man. Sulfur's pretty rough. No, I don't want a dog humping my leg. Ain't got no satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not about that life you are, Ryan, then by all means, we're not going to get into that on the podcast. No, I... I Probably farting dogs. Yeah, that haunt me. Sure. There's some pretty rough dog farts though. Oh, Calvin, he's a he's a terrible. He's just a bomb waiting to yeah. go off. Um, Sean, friend of the show, also writes in on Instagram and he says, "What's the worst horror film you've ever seen?" So I have three. Worst meaning like bad. Yeah, not like worst. Like I think he meant this in the way that not the scariest worst, but like literally that was the worst, most awful, terrible atrocious, pathetic piece of crap I've ever seen in my life. Psycho. Okay, you and, like, classics. Legend okay, or Ocarina, the... Ocarina of Time, garbage. Resident Evil 4, get, man, that, get that I mean, crap out of here. My problem is Psycho. I'm seeing this, like, Bad. 30 Lion years King. after the fact. So, like, the shower scene, it's comical at this point. You have to have it, appreciation no, I, I for enjoy the time the, and place. No, I wrote it down that I enjoy this as a classic movie. But as far as, like, actual terror or, like, being scared of it. All right, friends, don't worry. I have over 30 horror movie recommendations for all of you. So Wow, I did not make that many. <laughs> but the worst, I would say for me, The Happening, we already talked about it. Um, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan, very hit or miss, has a lot of great horror movies under his belt, but he also has I, some you terrible You consider ones. The Last Airbender a horror movie. Yeah, for how terrible that was. That was really bad. Um, also, Lauren caught this, and I caught it while editing, too. Um, so I have a friend up in college that... Um, he's a big fan of the uh, Last Airbender, the TV show. Yeah. And he had a Momo plush in his car. But his wife, when they were dating, got in the car and always called it Moo And so after Did they she, break up? No, they're married. They, they just had a child and he's okay, beautiful. Okay, well, she called it the wrong name. But it's purposely. Like Ong. Stop. Purposely, just to, yeah. to get it on Chris's nerves, that's what she would say. Okay. All right? And that, so when we were talking about Last Airbender a few episodes ago, I said Moo because of that. And you didn't correct me. No one else corrected me. So um, I'm calling myself out. Um, so the happening, garbage. This one isn't terrible, but okay. So we were talking about like horror that I can't do. Anything with skin, like skin burning and like dissolving and stuff like that. I can't. So how did you feel Raiders of the Lark- Last Ark? That's not that big of a deal to me. That's a lot of skin gone. But the the movie called Cabin Fever with um, Sean from Boy Meets World, 
Okay. There's like this flesh eating like virus. And I can't do that. Like that stuff just makes me like curl up in a ball and start like freaking out. Speaking of terrifying things, there's like snakes that when they bite you, your skin dissolves or like uh, wolf spiders. Like MRSA. Like that just, I I lose sleep thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I'm not a germaphobe, but like MRSA, dude. Literally put a bullet in my head if if my skin is starts to like eat away at itself because I have bacteria that's like yeah acids or bases oh my gosh freaking if you put like acid on you too like just the, the way that your chain like either one is shoving hydrogen into your like skin chain or it's ripping hydrogen out oh. so you're either falling apart or you're like stuffs jamming stuff into you and oh just destroying your chain dude I'm like I'm gonna hurl um yeah. <laughs> The uh, the other worst movie, just because another one I can't do is like they call it like gore porn, like the Saw movies where it's just like no, gore, no, gore no, no, for no. the sake. I can't do that type of stuff. So there's a movie gore called for the sake of gore. Yeah, there's a movie called Hostel, which is like almost takes Saw to another level. It's so disturbing. The last scene, <clears throat> it's forever embedded in my mind. What is it about? It's just like a torture movie. These people, as the name would imply, go to like one of those like hostels in Europe or whatever, and like a jigsaw like person just starts terrorizing them and torturing them and killing them. And basically at the end of the movie, this one girl escapes and her face, I can't even recall distinctly, but it gets all disfigured because of the way she was tortured. She's in a train station and she looks in the mirror and sees herself. And she's, she basically like, there's no way I'm going to be able to fix what's happened to my Mm -hmm. face. And I can't go into life looking like this. So, it's full-on shot of her just jumping in front of a train and just, like, splattering into a million pieces. And, like, that's the end of the movie. Wow. Like, you it, need a drink of that movie. Yeah, it was... And I, keep in mind, I watched this when I was, like, 13, 14 years old or something like that. It was disturbing. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't watch that now. No. It was messed up. So those are the... So My Little Pony after that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, for real. On repeat. That was that was messed up. Um, we got a few other questions on Discord here. Hold on, let me pull that up. You're gonna have to show me how to get onto there after this. I will. I will definitely do that. Um, but again, I posted a link um, in the show notes to the podcast on Podbean and iTunes. Okay. So you just copy paste in, that into your browser. Yeah. You can access it in that like way. Episode 19. Yeah. Okay. Or you can download the app for free on the App Store. And no, I have Discord on my phone. It. I know, but not everyone listening to the the podcast, Ryan might have it on okay well i'm selfish i (laughs) care about me (laughs) yeah i'm aware so give me my that was also my complaint of the girl the asian girl in Mm -hmm. uh, until dawn yeah she's like eventually you can like give her like pushback on her options and then when you agree with her one time she's like see now you're starting to learn i'm always right and i'm like gosh if i could just if you were sawed in half right now i would be so happy yeah well, I'm sure you'll get the chance, the opportunity to let her go later on. Yeah. So give me my wonton, big supporter of the show. I didn't even know that he listens to every episode. He reached out to me directly. Nice. And said he's really enjoying the show. He actually um, has a Twitch channel of the same name, Give Me My Wand Tom. Really fun guy. And I thought you said wonton at first. I was yeah, like, a- that is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he streams like a lot of fun games. He speed runs. He's part of like Pete's, you know, like little oh, community. Nice. So um, he says, my question is, who do you guys think would win in a fight? Michael Myers versus Jason from the Friday the 13th movies. Um, personally, I think, you know, Jason has a little bit more reach with his machete. Uh-huh. But I think Michael, I mean... He's just a hulking dude. He's been shot like 47 times. He's been burned alive at least four times. 
Um, he's gotten his head chopped off once. I mean, I just don't think you can kill Michael Myers. So, so I'm going to... I've never seen Friday the 13th. I've not either. Okay. So I I was going to apologize, but if you haven't, I don't feel as bad. No, and it's, it's not for lack of interest. I just have never seen them. Yeah, okay. So I guess the concept is he haunts your dreams. No, that's that's Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger's the one, the one with the hat. How many of these people are there? <laughs> so there were like three iconic mascot horror villains in like the, the late 70s There's one with like finger to blades. the 80s. And that's, that's Freddy Krueger. So that's yeah. the Nightmare in Elm Street movies. He goes okay. into people's dreams and kills them. Jason Voorhees, or whatever his name is, he goes to like Camp Green Lake with uh, Louis Satchar, Hole, all the friends from Holes. Okay. So they're digging up holes. They got the yellow spotted lizards everywhere. No. And he got the pull- sploosh. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out his machete and just starts hacking away at people. Okay. So it's kind of like an alternative universe. They never actually, Stanley Yelnats never found the treasure. And, um, oh, they're not rich. Exactly. Not- so it's, it's actually a, it's more of, um, there's a lot of smelly shoes everywhere. It's more of a drama and it's a kind of like a depressing movie, actually, just because Stanley Yelnats and his family, he's still cooking shoes as his dad in the, the, the apartment complex. So. Poor guy. No, but really, in all seriousness, he goes to like camp something rather, yeah. and there's just like a bunch of similar to Cabin in the Woods, a bunch of kids doing their thing, and he just slaughters them. Okay, so I take, uh, I'd probably take machete fingers. Yeah. Okay, so the question was Michael Myers or Jason? Freddy Krueger was not a part of the equation here. Well, he's inserted into the question. <laughs> okay. He's my write-in ballot answer. Okay, no, fine. Uh, probably Michael Myers. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of already answered this. He just follow up. He says a second better question is which movie sparked your interest in horror movies? So for me, it was Halloween. I probably watched it when I was about six or seven. And you haven't even seen the Friday the Thirteenth. What was the first? Whoa, whoa, whoa! You just said you didn't either. Why well, no? But what, what was the first <laughs> horror movie you watched? The Exorcist, probably. Okay. Yeah, the original one. Um, so that's the one with the girl who gets possessed, and then she like crawls down the stairs backwards, and it's like puking green peas or whatever she had. Oh man, that's the worst. Yeah, I hate when that happens. Freaking Wednesdays. <laughs> and so like Lauren had a roommate in college that was a dancer. We're like, okay, we have to be supportive. So we went to one of her like college dance things, and like oh, no. midway through this thing, she we just see her on stage crawling backwards, like like doing like a little back. Uh, what do they call that? The not the back somersault, like the back whatever. It's probably like a yoga move. I don't know. But she was <laughs> yeah. like her running across the stage, and it's like Lauren and I had watched The Exorcist together when we were kids. Yeah. So like seeing that because we were freaking out, <laughs> we weren't supposed to have seen it as kids. Like our parents were at like some church gathering so like we're the opposite of this so naturally you watch the exorcist yeah obviously and so like seeing her roommate like be possessed running backwards <laughs> oh across the stage gosh. we're like we look at each other like through like three people we're like you want to go <laughs> yeah. like, you, we should leave yeah she's like, yeah okay and so we showed up checked a box and then she was possessed so wow what's yeah. she doing these days she's still like walking on ceilings uh, i don't know she's probably who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I, I think she had bad knees, so now she's like grudge walking everywhere. Oh, what a shame. What a shame. Chronolink9 writes into the show. He says, my question is, what non-horror film or game scared you guys as kids? I used to be freaked out with a never-ending story, and I've never gone back and watched it since. The laughter in the U.S. version of the Sonic, of Sonic CD boss theme scared the heck out of me when I was like five, 
and so did the optional boss in Super Mario RPG, Culix. Though I later found out that he was not nearly as freakish of a design as I thought when I first saw him. Hopefully this squeaks in before you record. It totally did, Chrono. Um, so I'm going to be fully transparent there. Never-ending story. Couldn't watch it. If I saw it on TV, I would start sobbing uncontrollably. Wait, is because that big white dog? Dude, that thing is just nasty looking. He's so friendly. You no. Just hop he, on he's, his back. He's gross. He's gross looking. Um, not a fan. Not a fan. I actually, Pretty I think good. I wrote down a few of these somewhere um, on my spreadsheet here. I'm trying to think what terrified me as a kid. Um, hmm. Oh, okay. So scary movies that are not actually scary. Um, so I wrote these down basically just because of the, the concept of what's going on. So Interstellar, I think that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, just the, you weren't a kid though. Oh, that's right, as kids, yeah. Well, we'll just go through your list. Okay, so I said Interstellar just because, especially like when they're on the water planet mm-hmm. and like 27 years go by because they're there for like 45 seconds or something crazy like that. Yeah. Um, that, just like time is weird. Time is a weird thing. In space, yeah. it just freaks me out. Space time. Space time. Yeah, because we're um, on that continuum where planets are... Yeah, space force. Warping. Space force. <laughs> okay, we're not going to go there. I'm talking about real things, and you're talking about Space Force. <laughs> yes. Um, 127 Hours with James Franco. So that's a true retelling of this guy who would, um, out west, would go hiking through, like, what a ba- what, a ba- what appears to be, like, the Grand Canyon, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he breaks off from friends, and he's just doing his thing, and he kind of falls down these between these two rocks, and he gets his arm lodged between these two rocks. And no matter what he does, he cannot pull his arm away. Yeah. So he's here for, as the name would imply, 127 hours. He only has a short water supply, no food. And once that event happens, the movie, like, you're on the edge of your seat holding your breath. And eventually he has, like, this small, like, almost pocket knife blade that he tries to sharpen against the rock and ends up sawing his own arm off. Otherwise, he would have just dehydrated and died. Yikes. It's crazy. We actually have it if you want to borrow it. No, that does not sound like a fun watch. <laughs> hey, you just worked 13 hours. You want to go watch this dude saw off his arm with a switchblade? <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> dude, it's a heck of a time. Yeah. Gosh, I can't wait to be uplifted. <laughs> um, no, I'll go back to CPG and we'll call it a day. <laughs> yeah. The next one is um, Jungle. So this is with Daniel Radcliffe. He did kind of a, a, a few different films shortly after doing Harry Potter. And this is also um, a true story. Basically, a bunch of friends go backpacking in the Amazon. And this guy basically speaks up, or like, they're getting ready to go into the jungle, the Amazon. And they meet this guy, they're having drinks and food, and he basically says, like, there's this tribe that um, is out in the middle of the Amazon, and he's basically preaching to them about going to see them and see them interact and, and whatever. And... So they, these buddies agree to go on this trip with him, um, kind of like kayaking down the river. Then they're going to, you know, um, Calvin's jumping over there. Um, scared me. Then go off the beaten path and yeah. just hike and whatever. Um, I don't want to spoil it because it's definitely worth watching. I think Daniel Radcliffe has an absolutely phenomenal performance. No, he's um, done some interesting ones since he really has. Harry Potter. So definitely check out Jungle. Um, if you want to just, if you like like survival movies, well, like Castaway. I don't. 
know exactly where it's located. I think it's off of Madagascar. But there's an island of a tribe that we've never been able to make contact with because they're super hostile. Like we've we've flown like helicopters and things. They've like any boat that gets near, they just pelt with arrows. Like we've they've murdered a bunch of people trying to make contact. Dude, we should like go deep undercover, like paint our faces and yeah, and getting paled and like shaved for like four years and like, dude, we should do that. Let's see what Lauren thinks about it. It'll, it'll be like a special episode 100 podcast. So yeah. stay tuned for that, folks. Here's us dying. <laughs> Lauren's going to edit this one. Yeah. Um, we'll send it the footage or the, the, yeah, we'll do, it'll be both video and audio. Yeah. One that scared me. I don't know if it's necessarily a kid, but like high school, middle school timing was The Descent. Oh, okay. So for when we talk about movies, I split it and we can just get into it at this point if we wanted to. Um, I did well, straight, how many more questions do we have? Um, I think we might have one more. So we'll do that one question, then we'll break and do okay. movies. But I split my movies into straight horror, most disturbing, and then suspense thriller. You have like a million horror movies because this is like what you do in your spare time. Yeah, so some of these I'll just like bullet point list. There's probably about five or six that I want to talk at length about. Okay. Um, is The Descent one of them? No, that's just one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Apparently there's The Descent too. There is. Yeah, yeah. so basically these... Um, these girls go backpacking, they find this cave and there's like these like psycho monsters that haven't seen the daylight for like 5 million years. And they just like prey upon these women and it's real intense, really really bloody and it's just crazy. So yeah, it was supposed to be a bonding experience and like they're off the beaten trail and they're, and then someone forgot the freaking marshmallows and you know, Hershey's chocolate and they couldn't go back. And yeah, no, it was, it was a, Fun adventure gone wrong, essentially. And it was supposed yeah. to be them, like, discovering a new cave. So, like, they didn't tell anyone where they were. So they're like, people are going to find us, mm-hmm. right? They know we're out here. And she's like, yeah, we told them we were somewhere else. So we're screwed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely recommend people watching it, but it's definitely not for the faint of heart. If you don't, if you're claustrophobic in any sense oh, of the yeah. term. And I am, but I was still, I like watching that kind of stuff. Again, I like my, making myself uncomfortable. I, I like the pain. <laughs> <laughs> the psychological pain. Uh, that's good stuff. Eat it for breakfast. Um, I love night terrors. They're the greatest. Yeah, we'll talk about those shortly. Um, okay, so yeah, we do actually have the one question um, talking about Halloween. Our buddy Logan wrote in, um, gave us his thoughts, you know, after seeing the movie. I want to go talk through that last because I know there's probably a lot of people out there that hadn't haven't gotten to the theater yet to see it. Um, so we'll get to the end of the episode. We'll get through all of our topics. And at that point, if you haven't seen the movie, I'll you know do a very clear, hey, spoiler warning, we're talking about the movie now. And then uh, you can come back and listen to it once you've seen the movie. But let's get into some of our main topics. So Ryan and I have a whole slew of topics. What we get to, who knows. But the first thing we want to talk about since we're talking about horror-related stuff is... Why, like, what's the scariest thing about dying to you? Like, what way... Oh, we're doing that one. Okay. What, what was the topic that we wanted to talk about first? That was movies, but we can do the shorter ones Yeah, first. we'll, we'll do, knock some of these other guys out first. So, like, okay. what's the scariest way, or what do you fear most about dying? It's, I guess, the way of dying. Oh, the way of dying is what I meant uh, to say. Drowning in a car. Okay. Um, that terrifies me. Like, the scene in iRobot where they're stuck. I mean, you have an air supply, and you're waiting for the pressure to basically seep in, and you slowly drowning. Drowning doesn't sound like a fun experience. I heard it's... 
I don't know how they know. Like it's e- it's either really cold or really warm, but essentially your lungs filling up with water sucks. And then you're basically aware that it's going to happen. It's that suspense that you know you're going to die. Mm-hmm. So I have like multiple things to break every window in my car, like multiple hammers and like I'm trying to countermeasure this. Yeah. <laughs> or like um so near us we have a giant hill and dad had a stick shift in his old accord and when you get your like if you're stopped on a hill and you're out of gear putting it back in gear you start slipping backwards yeah and i'm always afraid that we would slide and like go over the railing and just drown in a like Mm. it, it just freaks me out especially like in the winter and ice um another one is i had i had two so uh comas and paralysis oh okay that terrifies me it's the helplessness of it yeah um so like in comas like you can still hear people some of the times depending on like how the severity or just being paralyzed and not being able to react but being aware of your senses or being aware of your surroundings that freaks me out like i would sign a waiver to like put me down yeah kind of thing no i I, guess i I do have that signed like yeah i've yeah lauren and i've talked about that too like if there's very slim chance of me waking up like don't just pull the plug like yeah save everyone the grief that kind of it freaks me out yeah or brain aneurysms just it's randomly it's yeah it's just russian roulette with time essentially Mm -hmm. yeah those are all pretty freaky i definitely agree with drowning um i was actually thinking about today because i was thinking about these topics and i I was at work and i was like gosh well no i want to die no so i was thinking about it when i was driving into work today because i know that's one of your biggest fears and um Another one of mine, similar to that, is not only not being able to break the window, but your seatbelt like locks, and mm-hmm. you can't get through the thing. So like just having a knife to be able to cut through it, yeah. and then being able to break the window is really scary to me. Um, so like not only drowning, but like if I was in some sick car crash, and like the front of my car like starts flaming or something like that, and it's just being engulfed in flames, and again I can't cut the yeah. the seatbelt, and I just burn alive because that's what happened to like Paul Walker. Um, in the Fast and the Furious movies. Wasn't he really drunk and really... I don't know if alcohol was involved or not. I know he was in like a really sporty vehicle and they like just... 90. And yeah, he just really fast. They just crashed right into something and it just pff, went in flames and it burned quick. Um, really sad, but shark attack is another big one for me. I don't... Being maimed in any sort of... I don't like the ocean like at all. Um, like I just won't go in it. Um, I don't care how far it out it is, even if it's ankles because... You've got all kinds of other creatures that can even come in ankle deep water. Jellyfish. Yeah, there's any just of those bacteria. The ocean fascinates me, and I love watching documentaries and you know, like the planet Earth type stuff about the ocean and going deep down like the Mariana Trench and discovering yeah, all the these greatest. different like fish and just weird creatures that have never seen daylight. Like that fascinates me. You know what? Yeah, from a distance, yeah. but I don't want to be any part of it myself. No. Yeah. I was watching a shark attack video <laughs> like yesterday, maybe like 20 feet off the shore. They're attacking a seal, so it's not like they're attacking people. I did see that. He didn't get the seal, though. It was like a giant uh, great white. I don't know if they got the seal. It, looked, it was bleeding everywhere. Oh, um, maybe he did get him then. Yeah, I was, uh, generally blood, and yeah, yeah. it's not good. Um, what fascinates me is like how... So if we lose pressure in a submarine, one, mm. we've never been down to the Mariana Trench, but like down there, we need highly pressurized things or we turn that submarine into a tin can. 
with the amount of pressure, uh, like of water above us, how there are things that are living under that pressure. Yeah, it's wild. It, I don't know how that is, but it's awesome. Well, it's actually that the Mariana Trench, the very bottom of that's actually where um, the lost city of Atlantis resides. We need to get down there soon. Jar Jar's there too. The Gungans, they like kind of coexist, co, co, yeah, with down you, there. Yeah, with Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Hmm. There are some really huge squids down there. Yeah. Well, there's one. Th- called- that's not even like a joke kind of thing, like off that one, like a hundred leagues under the sea kind of thing. No, but there for are real, actual no. giant squids. Yeah. It's really terrifying. Um, I might watch Planet Earth tonight on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Ocean Edition. Um, yeah, I think that's really it. Burning alive, drowning alive. Being um, skinned. Or like my, one of my biggest fears too is getting my eyelids caught, cut off. Oh, but dude, what the hell's? Why would you think about that kind of stuff? Because it terrifies me. Gosh. <laughs> it's just sick. Oh, so we had a list of things that scare us the most. Do we want to go through that? Sure, I don't remember writing anything down, but... Oh, that was one of the topics you texted me. Dude, I, you know what? I don't, I don't prepare for this podcast. Okay, well, I do. I have an intense spreadsheet. So, do you want me to just go through my list? Sure, go for okay, it. Okay, so Shoot. what scares me the most, because that was about dying. So, this is spiders freak me out. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, they have too many legs. They're... I have a story about that. Like, if you look up... a bird-eating spiders, the ones that fly out of trees and catch <laughs> birds that fly. Like, that's a thing in Australia. Yeah, I know. It's terrifying. Never want to go down under. And there are, like, um, camel spiders. What? In Iraq. Like, they're a thing that people, like, wake up in, like, military vehicles, and there's just these giant, like, dinner plate-sized spiders oh. in their vehicles. Oh. Look up here. Look it up. Look up a camel spider. Okay. Dude, I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. I know. It, it terrifies me. Um... It's a phobia, which means it's... No, no, we're, <laughs> not, say, wait, wait. we're not doing that right now. Oh my gosh, get that out of here. No, <laughs> yeah. freaking yeah. Ugh, gross. So it's... A phobia <sighs> is considered a, a rational fear. I would consider that a very rational fear. Yeah. Um, all, like wolf spiders oh and... <laughs> right? Look up a bird-eating spider. No, we're not... No, we're don't not, be a wuss. We're not playing that game right now, okay. all right? <laughs> We're not playing that game. Um, you know what we should be playing? Resident Evil 4. I, so I was going to say I'd rather spend time with the bird-eating spider, but no, I'd rather die over and over in that game. Um, yeah, so that, or what scares me is like the descent into tribalism as like the inevitable extinction of humanity slowly occurs. <laughs> <laughs> You need to get out of the house more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These things I ponder. Yeah. My gosh. Heights, which is a more like rational fear. You go from like <laughs> tribalism as the extinction of humanity. Roller coasters kind of freak me out. <laughs> yeah. I kind of get nauseous with that. What? The Simpsons kind of freak me out. Hold on. So let's go back to spiders real quick. So like the first week of Lauren and I being married, right? So Dion Lauren turned into a spider, <laughs> tried to eat her dog. <laughs> Nobody in your family told me that. Yeah. It's like Shrek. She just like freaking turns into like a spider when the sun goes we down. We thought Spider Woman would be hot, but it's really not. No. She's um, just like, just like <laughs> growing legs. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> no, so Diana, her, her maid of honor, came over one night and we were just having a movie night. We watched Get Out. Okay. Terrific. We'll talk about good horror movie. I need to see that. I still haven't seen it. Oh, oh. my gosh. Okay. Well, yeah. Prioritize that soon. But so she's getting ready to leave. And uh, she opens up the door. Bye, Diana. 
She closes the door and this giant like spider the size of a golf ball like scurries under the door. So Lauren, of course, like screams at the top of her lungs. Deanna opens the door, like, what's going on? And they're like, get in here, get in here. Like, like a like someone was like attacking her outside or something. She jumps in, we close the door, and we're just like all just like sitting here staring at this giant spider. Like, <laughs> what do we do? And you know, Lauren's like, Rusty, kill it, kill it. So I grab a shoe. You're like, why am I the sacrifice? Yeah, of course. The man just has to, you know, casually be the the hero in the story here. No, there is no hero. Okay. There's only a villain, and he He's beat a hero. all of us. So I take my giant shoe and I just smack this thing. As soon as I smack it, 500 other little baby spiders come rushing off of its back. Uh. And so this thing had been somehow camping under our door while we were watching the movie. He also planted eggs on the like, the corner of the wall. Why didn't you just raid this? So of- let me tell a story. So all these little like, baby spiders are like starting to scurry all over the place. Uh. Then the eggs on the side of the wall start hatching. And all of these little spiders start crawling all over the wall, all over the ceiling... Thankfully, Mama Spider Sheila, we got her dead. She, oh. But all these babies are literally crawling all over the apartment. Like, I'm talking, they covered the entire ceiling from, you know, we have a one-bedroom apartment, so it's relatively small, you know, space. But from the kitchen, the, um, like, where we typically record over by my record player, um, even towards, back towards the bathroom and where we, we sleep, like our bedroom, all over the ceiling. What the hell did you do? Yeah, so I was freaking out. Like, All- burn the place to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Arson is not a big crime here. Yeah, so so I basically, you know, I ran un- to get something under the sink because I was like, what do we have? We only had spider, or not spider killer, ant killer. And we had raid. I put up a match, torched the place. <laughs> yeah. I, got a, I got a spray can of axe and just like freaking flamethrower <laughs> yeah. everything. No, so... I get so the, we're homeless now. I get the ant spray, and of course I'm spraying it, and these ant or these spiders are still like scurrying all over they're the place because there's some chemical that only kills ants and not spiders. So the man that I am, I said, Lauren, you guys get the um the vacuum, start you know, vacuuming the ceiling. I'm gonna get in the shower because I feel like they're crawling all over my body. Then I went to Walmart and I got raid, and maybe I was I got the raid, then took a shower. I think that's what happened. Probably. And uh, we just raided everything. I think Lauren and I were like probably high because we were fumigated on raid. Consu- yeah, you know, Dude, sniffing that all that night. That hurts me. Like, there's a scene. Have you ever seen The Mist? No, I've not. I know the premise. It's based on a Stephen King novel. Actually, yeah, no, it's a it's a really good. It's really sad, actually. But there's a scene in that where they're they're going to the pharmacy to get medication because someone has like a bite and they need anesthetic or something, and in there, it's giant spiders that spit acid webs. And they had basically implanted all their eggs into this guy who's just like string or strung up on this post. And he's like, dude, he's got like lumps all over him. He's like, dude, they're inside of me. Like, oh help. no, I can't deal with and that. And he just basically falls on the ground and just explodes. And there's just <laughs> no! spiders crawling out of his chest. No. And it's like, I just sat there, I had to pause the movie. I was like, why am I watching this? Oh like, my gosh. what am I doing? No, like, I've I... seen this movie twice, <laughs> if not three times. And <laughs> why? Like, I cringe and like I have to close my eyes every time. See, that's the thing. Like, 
bubbles on skin that pop. Or like things inside of me, like alien. Well, it's so like in the mummy, when you've seen the mummy movies. Oh yeah, the scare beetles. The scare beetles and they're like crawling all under the skin and stuff. Like that stuff just freaks me the heck out. <sighs> yeah. Where were we? What the heck were you? Uh, okay, so next thing. Oh my gosh, uh, dude, a heart attack. <laughs> that's, uh spiders are really bad. Heights, I'm not a fan of heights. Okay. I'm just looking down and seeing like a huge distance. So the skydiving trip I booked for next weekend, you're probably not going to make that? See, I don't know if I'd be uncool with that. It's more like the possibility of falling opposed to like knowing I'm going to fall. Yeah. I, I'm I having get... like a plan, like looking over a balcony, if someone were to come up behind me and like go, ha ha, like grab me up from the sides, it's like a joke, like they're going to push me over. You'd throw them over the edge. Dude, I, yeah. Like yeah. that, that's so uncool. Like that's that stuff cool freaks me out. Like when you're looking, like I have to stand back from railings because yeah. I can't like even... I'm the same way to a certain degree with like if I'm if I'm up super duper high and I look over like it you know what you cannot do you feel like you're gonna slip out so if you're at the top um like getting ready to go on like a roller coaster or you're um or like at the water park and you're getting ready to go down the slide what I can't do is I'm not holding on anything and if you look straight up in the ceiling you feel like you're like on a pole getting ready to fall off or something like that wait look at the ceiling or so okay so let me set this up you're, you go up like 40 flights of stairs either to a top of a building or to get on like a water slide. Mm-hmm. You're standing there. If you look directly up in the sky, you feel like you're off balance, like you're getting ready to fall. Yeah. It's really terrifying. No, I, yeah. And then you feel like you're going to fall off a railing or like, yeah, yeah no, I, ugh. that, um, plague outbreaks. That freaks me out, like a, another plague. Okay. Because there are plagues that wiped out, like, a majority of Europe. Yeah. And they're somewhat consistent, and we have, like, countermeasures to that now with science, but, like, Medicine. a massive, like, just a mutated something that we can't cure yeah. freaks me out. Um, drowning in a car, I already mentioned. Watching uh, my loved one die in front of me. Like, the concept, Lauren and I were driving in a car, like, going up to... Uh, different part of the state and like our parents were driving in a car in front of us and like we were talking about like the freakiest thing would be like see them get in a car crash yeah. in front of us and we're helpless to do anything mm-hmm. like what we would want is us to get in that crash with them or none of us get in a crash yeah like to be helpless to do nothing would freak me out yeah um let's see helplessness um is essentially it like yeah, just helplessness in general. Um, losing sen- or senses. Like oh. your blindness story or yeah. like that stuff freaks me out. Or withering away. Like getting old, like Alzheimer's and stuff and not being able to control myself. All right, you know, we're talking about something ha- more happy. Or what clowns. Is your- my last one's clowns. All right, what is your favorite Halloween candy, Ryan? Uh, Snickers or... Um, the only real, an- the correct Snickers. answer is take five. I do. I love. Yeah. <laughs> I named my dog after Snickers, though. Yeah, you did. So um, Take Five is the best. It's like though. the definitive candy bar. And it's 281 calories, and it's like the highest density calorie candy bar that you can get. But who's really counting when you're eating? No, if like on Halloween, everything's zero calories, I've heard. Yeah, I'm pretty According sure. According to the Atkins it, it's, diet, it's basically zero points. It's basically <laughs> the purge, you know? Like... <laughs> You can kill people for like one day and it doesn't matter. Halloween day, you can eat as much candy. You wake up the next day, you don't 
You don't weigh a dime more than you did the day before. Yeah, I think I learned that in health class back in college. True story. Purge two. <laughs> <laughs> Take five and we'll be back. <laughs> exactly. Um, Mike and Ike's big fan of those. I'm really big fan Sour of... Sour Patch like, Kids. Sour Patch Kids are good. Um, I'm a really big fan of like the old school long sticks of Laffy Taffy that had like these little tiny like icicle looking rock candies embedded in the Laffy Taffy. I hope someone out there. Oh, what a terrible song. Um, <laughs> but no, so yeah, delicious. Like little strawberry ones. And they had like these, these little green little rock candies embedded in the Laffy Taffy. Someone out there knows what's up. They know what I'm talking about. Um, Lauren's creeping in the back again. <laughs> yeah, Lauren's giving us the stare down. She's going to bed because it's 9.05 p.m. But you know what? Rusty, the man that he is, he's going to edit this podcast and throw it up for you guys tomorrow, a day before Halloween, because that's just the kind of person that I am. Yeah. And Ryan's going to go to bed. (laughs) I'm going to bed. Um, That's all I got for candy, I think. Yeah. No, I take five at Snickers. And then we looked it up previously, the yellow wrappered one. I still can't remember. Butterfinger. Butterfingers. (laughs) I think it was Sean. I was texting Sean. um, He wrote in about worst horror movies. He said he was like screaming at, in his car while he was listening to the Butterfinger, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is wrong with you? I'm just, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the blue wrappers in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm sure there are a lot of moments. They're so like, what's, gosh. when you went trick-or-treating when you were younger, what was like the one thing that you almost just like wanted to throw the item back at the person's face when they gave you? We lived next to a dentist or near a dentist, and he did like dentisty crap. Oh gosh, like floss or like little individual little, tubes of you know toothpaste, those little t- teeth, <laughs> like floss. In oh my gosh, there's like that kind of crap, or um, yeah, you get like toothbrushes or just the small like what is it, candy corn? Oh yeah, candy corn. If you're a Satan worshiper. You're eating candy corn hard. Like, it's the worst. Like, you know, in that house, someone's getting murdered. Like, they abuse their children. See, like, I, it's the worst. I used to hate candy corn when I was younger, but I can do like, I can pop like two or three candy corns and it's all right. But it's like sugar overload. Like, I feel like I'm going to go into a coma if I eat too many of those things. No, you feel like you're eating like, you know, the wax from a candle? Mm hmm. It's like orange candle wax. Speaking of, did you ever have those like little bottle things with juice? They're basically like candle wax, and you bit off the top of it and just spit it out. And then you drank this like nasty garbage juice that came out of it. Yeah. And then you start hallucinating. <laughs> no. No, I'm serious. Those <laughs> no, are, I do. That's a real thing. Is that like baby bottle pops? No, that's a totally That's a powdery thing. thing. Yeah. No, I do know what you're talking about. That yeah. like ooze. And it's like syrup. There was also another like garbage candy like... These nasty little half oval shaped or circular shaped things that were like on paper. They were oh, like the freaking dots. Blue, <laughs> uh, pink, yellow, and like and green. And they try to make it look appetizing because it's colorful. And you're like, this is awful because half the time you get paper. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, gosh, I love eating trees. Like, well, it's, no, it's wax. So you're like, I don't know what I'm eating. Like, it's probably ground up horse, <laughs> like toothpaste. No, that was seriously the worst. But I ate it so often. Oh, man. Well, because you're trying to win by not getting paper on one side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no matter how you did it. I mean, it's like trying to like peel GameStop stickers off of a case. Like You're getting half <laughs> if that. Yeah. The case is worthless. 
You're trying to make it pristine. Yeah. Like, that stuff pisses me off. <laughs> like, GameStop stickers. Like, even if I hate the game, like that Dragon Ball Z game, I still have this, like, $30 sticker. And I'm like, I don't want this on here. I don't want people to know that I paid $30 for this crap. What's the worst if you, if you buy a game that was, like, three years old and it continually plummets in price? So they just keep stacking those stickers <laughs> on there. So you have, like, nine different stickers on one case. <sighs> Deep yeah. breaths. Deep breaths. There's always like the um like one subdivision you know to hit because they do like full size candy bars. Oh yeah. yeah. The rich folks. The rich folks. Yeah, you have to be strategic about that. But something I wanted to talk about was um reoccurring childhood nightmares because I had one that I will never forget. It was something that I you know, as a kid, it felt like I was having the dream almost every night. Yeah. Um, different scenarios with the same the same character that I felt like was like haunting me as a as a child. And um, yeah, I'll just go right into it. So, like most people, I was terrified of clowns, and even to this right day, so. I still have a, a little bit of a you know fear of clowns. They're just they're they're terrifying. Um, so, so that remember when we went to it? Yeah, we're not. Oh gosh. We're not going to get into that. Okay. Um, so when I was younger, um, I had this reoccurring nightmare of this clown, very distinct features, um, white face, just really ridiculous, untamed red hair that was just really thick and nasty. And he just had like fangs for teeth. Um, and so there's two distinct things that I can recall. Again, when I when I go to sleep, I'd have, there were, I remember multiple scenarios of, being with my friends and being chased by this clown. Um, oh, wow. It's weird. Something just popped my mind. Um, mm. So there's there's three memories that I have distinctly. One of them, um, the, the ice cream man that was part of our neighborhood mm-hmm. was actually charged with sexual assault um, and, like, sexual... Um, well, this took a turn. Well, um, harassment, because he would, like, harass all the moms and stuff like that. Um, and so I always had, like, a bad image of this man and so i tied him with this clown villain and i had a dream one time where i was walking down my driveway and his um ice cream truck stopped in front of my house and instead of like the normal tune it was like this really eerie creepy sound and his face was like a giant figure on the top of the truck just like spinning around in circles and he like got out of the car he's like hey rusty (laughs) he like started like chasing me like and I was like freaking out. And you know when you're in a dream, you can't run. Yeah. So I was like trying to like run up my driveway, and he was just like laughing like, like a maniac, just like Ooh, my SpongeBob popsicle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like running and chasing me, and he's like like drooling like out of his mouth because I was like watching from like the third person, you know, seeing myself yeah. run up the driveway. And as I got up the stoop and like started opening the door, I like turned around and like had me in the ankle and just like said something really ridiculous, and then I just woke up. Dude, I'd be freaking out. So that was one dream that I had. A second one that I had, um, my buddies and I were like in this cornfield. And again, I'm not any older than like five, six years old when I'm having these ridiculous dreams. Um, I was in this cornfield and there was basically, you know those like prickly caterpillar things in Super Mario 64 or even just like the Mario games in general? Um, They're just like giant, like wavy, like, yeah, there are multiple stacks. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so picture that, but the face was this clown. Okay, less cool. And he was just chasing us 
around and like eating my friends um, in this cornfield. You wonder why kids went to bed. Yeah. Huh. Maybe that. <laughs> there were multiple bedwetting sessions when I was having dreams about this crazy clown thing, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, so that's really all I remember from that. The worst, the worst one I ever had, because I still to this day don't know if it was a dream or if it was just me like imagining things. But occasionally my sister and I would, would sleep in the same bed together when we were younger. Um, and so my dad, <clears throat> my mom had already tucked us in and she left. And then my dad um, like bent down to kiss me on the forehead. And my sister's bed was facing her, um, her like dresser. Mm-hmm. And there were like these three mirrors. It was almost like a trifold of mirrors. And so my dad, like I was looking, it had to have been a dream because the, the angle that I had was like above the bed. And, or like the, the header of the bed looking towards the mirror. So my dad bends down and kisses me on the forehead. And then when he lifts his head, he just like looks in the mirror and it's the clown. And he just like smiles like this giant smile with his like nasty razor sharp teeth just like drooling over my body. Yeah, your dad gives me that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> if you know my dad, he's definitely not like that. And then I just don't remember anything after that. Well, it's, it's interesting. So you're probably... So you dream most in REM or at the first stage of sleep mm-hmm. because your brain waves are very similar. They're very similar to being awake. So like most of your dreams, if you wake up and click snooze, you're more likely to have a dream. Because sleep Dude, it happens dreams all are, the time. Yeah, you're snoozing and you have these elaborate dreams and dreams take like three seconds, three to five seconds or something like that. Yeah. So you click snooze and you're like, you got rapid fire dreams. You're like, you're either surfing, eaten by clowns. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, that's so. weird because like even when I like in the morning for work, sometimes I'll press, this, I'll press the snooze button like three or four times and I'll have like three to four different dreams. Rapid fire. Or sometimes. Because you're not fully awake. Sometimes like, I'm having such an engrossing dream. I'll press snooze because I want to go back. I want to go back into that and dream. And you can. And, go, and I do. Yeah. It, it continues, like picks up right where it left off. It's wild. Yeah. The brain is an amazing thing. It is. No, I definitely recommend looking at like sleep cycles and like how all that works. Yeah. Like another fun one that I tried to do, and I did it like successfully a couple times. Um, it's really hard to stay in the dream. It's lucid dreaming, mm-hmm. where you basically be- understand that you're asleep. Oh, yeah. And then you're able to control it. It's like keeping a grasp on that sleep once you understand that you are asleep. That's really hard. So, what I read was. You put an X on your hand with like permanent marker in the real life, I guess when you're awake. And when you look down in the dream, you'll see on your hand that it's not there in oh. the dream. So you like you walk around with a couple weeks for a couple weeks and you're currently looking at your hand and you're seeing that there's an X there. Yeah. Right. You look like a freak walking around with an X, giant X in your Or hand. even if you got like a tattoo or something like that. Yeah, but like when you look in your dream, you, you understand that you're not, you don't have that on there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can do some really cool things once you're there. Just but like enter the matrix at that I point. I was summoning like, <laughs> like I was summoning things. Like I took off flying, like I, I, there's stuff I could tell you off camera, but like. Accio Firebolt. You just like jump on a Firebolt broom. Then you're like, fighting Mewtwo in the sky or no it, it's really thing. cool but the thing is like once you understand that you're asleep like it feels like you're trying to pull yourself back like you're trying to not like you're climbing but you're trying to keep imagine like a 
a slideshow or like a background mm-hmm. and it's slowly being pulled aside, but you're trying to hold it back because the second it goes to one side, you're awake again. Yeah. So you're wow. trying to like pull it back and stay asleep. Um, that's the hard part that I never really got to figure out how you stay asleep, but it's, it's a lot of fun. That's really interesting. It's worth trying if you have the time and that you, and you can sacrifice putting, like an X on your hand that you can look at. It doesn't have to be huge, but it's something noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. So my other thing, um, when I'm really stressed out and not sleeping well, particularly my last job, um, you know, I was working anywhere from 12 to 16 hour days. I was drinking a ridiculous amount of caffeine, like really unhealthy, heart palpitating type of stuff. And um, I was studying for the CPA exam as well, which is just, People have said it rivals the bar exam in terms of difficulty, the grind that it takes to really, you know, pass this exam. And so that on top of working, Lauren and I had just gotten married. There was just so many, so much life-changing events going on at the same time, and it was just overwhelming for myself. And I would oftentimes have these night terrors, which are a real thing. You, yeah. you can, like, lash out uncontrollably. You can be very aggressive and, like, hit people, like... And honestly, I mean, that's why Lauren had a black eye. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that honestly, like, I, no, I hate to it. say it, but like, there were times where I'd like roll over and just smack Lauren, like, on accident because I'm in a dream where, like, I'm either being attacked or I'm fighting someone or. No, it's, it's a very real thing. And so, the one that I most distinctly remember, I have a little teacup Yorkie named Calvin. I'm actually pet sitting him for the next two weeks because my dad um, is on vacation. And, um, <clears throat> you know, those scenes in movies when, um, you know, someone's on the edge of a cliff or the, a building and they're holding on to their, to their hand and like they're not going to let go type of thing. And mm-hmm. sometimes they fall, sometimes they pull them back up. Well, I was like holding on to Calvin's little paws and he was like... Like Mufasa. Yeah, exactly. And he was basically, we were over looking like a dam, like one of those giant, like yeah. you go down and it's just all like cement or whatever. And um, I was like, you know, I'm not going to let you go, little buddy. I'm not going to let you go. And he was like whimpering and... Um, and I was like, I'm not, I promise I'm not gonna let go, but I, like, I couldn't pull him up in the dream. Like I just, I wouldn't allow me to do it. And eventually he just slipped and I just watched him limp and wa- like wail his body and flail around uncontrollably until he like literally smacked on the ground and just splattered. And then I woke up, but, I, but like as it was happen- happening, happening, it's, it's really real. Yeah. As it was happening, I was screaming, and then, you know, he hit the ground and Lauren was like shaking like, Rusty, wake up, wake up. There were so many times, like, um, there was at least three to four times my dad died really brutally, like just yeah. horrific deaths. And um, so many times I was screaming my dad's name and at, at times even crying. And Lauren would like so many times had to shake me to wake me up. Um, scary stuff. I mean, I'm thankfully I'm in a job now where I'm not like super stressed out. I think I made the right move, but um, it's it's really wild that, something like that can be stress-induced, you know? No, stress is a really bad thing on the body. I was looking, there's research that's showing that, like, male testosterone is actually going down based off of the, like, external things that we're doing to it. Mm -hmm. Like, stressors, sleep, like, the enjoyment of work, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, longer hours, our bodies aren't meant for that kind of stuff. So our reaction is to, like, cut off hormones and you end up producing more estrogen like to counter that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting things. It's, yes, yeah, it's, it's wild. Night um, terrors I would not want to wish upon anyone. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a few months since I've had one. Um, but when I do, man, it's it's pretty brutal. Usually for sure. mine are about work. 
Um, I had a dream that I was presenting to my boss's boss, like these presentations that we have to do for like awarding business to companies. And like, he didn't like one of my presentations. So he came over and like, he held me down and like cut off my eyelids as like, as like, which is one of my fears. Yeah. Like that's what I got for making a mistake or like I had taken one of my coworkers, her mouse and she came over to my desk and like took her mouse back and then chopped off my hands. (laughs) What the heck? Yeah. I, I told her that one. She was like, nice. (laughs) It's so wild. But like our minds will like conjure up. Like, I don't know. It's just so weird. Yeah. I don't know if they really understand what it is. Um, it's like a compression, not so much night terrors, but like dreams, mm-hmm. whether it's like your subconscious or whether it's you processing daily events into like your memory or it's like, cause it's a combination usually of a lot of different things that happen. Yeah, totally. So is. I don't think we actually <coughs> fully understand how it works or what it is, but it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So dreams, we kind of wanted to also just really kind of do a deep dive into our favorite horror movies um, being the horror buff that I am, I have quite a few recommendations here. Um, you know, I'm not going to go talk at length about movies like Halloween, the series, The Shining. Um, it's, you know, movies that everyone knows. Um, I, d- I do have quite a few movies here that I want to, that come highly recommended by myself that most people probably haven't seen. Um, a lot of which came out in the last 10 to 15 years. Walrus. No, gosh, get that out of here. Do not watch The Walrus. <laughs> or Tusks. Tusk is Tusks, what it's called. Yeah, oh, yeah. my gosh. That movie's just horrible. That last 15 minutes, man, are just brutal to get through. Um, but, yeah, so maybe kind of start going through your list, and then I can kind of... So I guess my first one is The Happenings, not so much as a movie, but the concept. Yeah. Um, because the movie, the execution was poor, but the concept was cool. Yeah, so M. Night Shyamalan's really known for having these plots where there's always some ridiculous twist towards the middle or the end. And so for The Happening, it was, you know, what's causing all these people to act all chaotic and kill themselves uncontrollably. And it was these plants, you know, the crops or whatever it was that was... Like the breeze, the pollen. Yeah, was causing people to just... um, Like the earth countermeasure to humans. Go insane. Um, So yeah, I agree. Like... um, from a plot wise that that is very intriguing and um terrifying but the like the delivery was just awful yeah there's a movie called andromeda Mm -hmm. it used to be like a a tv it was like a two-night special kind of thing um and it's essentially like this bacteria that's slowly like killing everything Mm -hmm. and it's the same kind of thing i like giant i don't want to say i like the plagues and things but the con like seeing it not in reality but in like a tv form yeah it's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so M. Night Shyamalan has a lot of other movies, you know, on his filmography, his list of movies that he's done. And so The Sixth Sense, of course, goes without saying, that's like one of the most iconic, um, well-known movies, especially with the plot twist at the end. And if you haven't seen it, um, I mean, you either don't have any interest in horror movies or you live under a rock because you've seen The Sixth Sense, yes. right? Um, <clears throat> great movie. Um the Visit is another recent one. came out in 2015. That was really good. I remember seeing this with my mom in theaters. Her and I, um, actually, it's pretty, yeah, we've, we actually saw a lot of these movies together in theaters with my sister. The Visit, it was just her and I, and basically these two kids go on a trip to see their, um, what they believe to be their grandparents, and their mom is, is you know, frequently Skype calling them just to ask how things are going, and um, 
I don't really want to spoil what happens um, because once the plot twist happens and how everything kind of at that point, it's just like 100 miles an hour towards the end. Really crazy stuff goes on. It's freaking scary as all get out. Yeah. But what I love about the movie um, is I like comic relief in horror movies. There's Some of the best comic relief. There's a time and a place, and it's really dependent on the movie for sure. Um, but I felt like the visit would have just been a very bare bones by the numbers horror movie if they didn't incorporate this young boy who's just so witty, singing songs during the most ridiculous circumstances. Dude, I'm just mentally thinking of like the under the house scene. Yeah, that's that just right now. I'm I'm like goosebumps everywhere yeah it's messed up um but really really good movie another one of his that scared the living daylights out of me growing up was signs with I mel gibson um hawking Joaquin phoenix is actually in it uh the future joker and so basically mel gibson's wife i think passed away he lives on a farm with his brother or brother-in-law and they have two kids one of them has like a severe asthma issue mm-hmm. and then the young daughter who is like um basically like a germaphobe she has like a million glasses of water all over the house, you know, type of thing. And basically these aliens land on Earth in various areas on the planet and they do like the, the crop circle stuff. Yeah. They like, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, how the movie plays out, there's a twist at the end as, as M. Night Shyamalan movies typically do and it's just super intense. But there's a scene where they're, they have like footage of some like Middle Eastern country and um, this alien like walks across the screen and like looks to his left, like looks directly at you. And I just remember that just scared the crap out of me growing up. No, I definitely want to see that one. Really good classic. movie. I think it holds up well today too. Um, so I'm going to go down my list for each of the three different categories. So I have straight horror, most disturbing, and then suspense thriller. And I'll talk at length about the ones that I really think are worth watching. The Shining, absolute classic. Yeah. Scream, I mean, they're kind of like B-horror, but I just love those. Like, it's a classic. It's a classic slasher, like, movies. Um, Nev Campbell, I just love, 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 love her as kind of like the scream queen. Um, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis was the scream queen for Halloween, and um, Nev Campbell was, like, that iconic person of the 90s. Yeah. Really enjoy those movies. Even Four, that came out recently with, um, uh, what's Julia Roberts? Emma Roberts' uh, niece, or... Julie Roberts' niece, Emma Roberts. Okay. Really crazy twist at the end of that movie. So check out Scream 4. It follows, I think, warrants some discussion. Yes. I have that on my list. So this is kind of a callback to the old school, really eerie, creepy, atmospheric, um, really interesting camera angles, like synth music, like John Carpenter style from like the original Halloween it movie. It feels like, um, what's that show? Stranger Things? Yeah, Stranger Things. Yeah, it definitely Same has era. that throwback vibe. Um, and just the story they tell, the concept of like this sexually transmitted um, demon that like yeah. essentially chases you if you don't essentially pass this like STD to another person. Um, sexually transmitted demon, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the worst. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just really creepy stuff going on in that movie. Even make a joke about yeah, it. probably don't do it. Um, another one that I want to talk about at length, I saw this in theaters with my mom, came out in 2001, so I would have been eight years old. It's great that we promote a movie that 
you literally describe as a sexually transmitted demon. Highly recommended. Two thumbs up. Yeah. The others. Watch it with your parents. Yes, exactly. Um, the others. So this one's with Nicole K- Kidman. Yes. Is this the one where the dude tries to like open, the, like get through that door? Possibly. It's been forever since I've seen this movie. Like, well, she's like at the door, and then like you can't show emotion. And then, like, he screams when he gets that door. Maybe. It's, like, a really older... I mean, it came out in 2001, though. So yeah. this isn't a recent one. Okay. Um, but a really wild twist at the end. Basically, this 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 lady is living in, like, this giant Victorian home. Um, these people, like, come to help out at the house, like, butlers and type of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And some really odd, eerie stuff go, starts going on. The kids start seeing ghosts, but the mom's like, no, there's no ghosts here. Until she sees, starts seeing them as well. Like, it's creepy as... Like, yeah. Okay. I'm, it's wild. I'm going to look this one up. And it has a very Sixth Sense type twist at the end. So The Others comes highly recommended. Dawn of the Dead came out in 2004. I love, like, well-done zombie flicks. The Invasion. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. I think she, she was in that as well. No, dude. That's the one with um, James Bond, the Daniel new one. Daniel Craig was in that. I never saw that, but... It was... That one freaks me out. Like, based, I don't know if it's the same kind of premises, like the happenings, but somehow you get infected by like people puking or like oh. by anyone's liquids. Yeah, and like they know you're not infected if you show emotion. Oh, and I think you start turning if you're infected while you sleep. Okay. Um. So like she's like constantly trying to stay awake, like eating pills and things. Yikes! And like someone comes to her door and like to test that she's not infected, like. He's like, she goes to close the door and he just starts, he like opens his mouth larger than a normal person, just screams. Oh and gosh. it's like the freakiest thing. Oh, so good. Wow. Um, all right. So the invasions on the list. Dawn of the Dead. Like I was saying, I love zombie movies done right. And this is basically Dead Rising, the movie. Um, they're like locked in a, uh, a mall and there's just zombies everywhere. And this group of people need to do everything they can to survive. And, uh, yeah, it's just a fun, like, be ridiculous, turn your brain off, mm-hmm. shoot a bunch what of zombies. What about Shaun of the Dead? I've never seen Shaun of the Dead. Dude, come on. I know, I've seen, uh, actually, I haven't seen Hot Fuzz either, but I have seen The World's End, and that movie's terrific. Ooh, so it goes Shaun of the Dead, then Hot Fuzz, then World's End. Yeah. You have to see them all. I know. They're, they all have the same type of humor. No, Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, great duo. I love, yeah. love those well, guys. Well, they're like, they look down the alley, and they just think it's like a drunk person. Check that out. Um, 30 Days of Night. I'm also a really big vampire uh, fan, but they're very, um, very often they're not done very well, the movies. Um, So this has Josh Hartnett in it. And basically... There's a time period in Alaska where there's like literally 30 days of night. Like the sun just does not Is this shine. the one with owls? No, there's vampires. Okay. Yeah. There's no. one. With, okay, never mind. No, not owls. Um, 30 days of night. I think it was really good. Super intense. And uh, my dad and I saw it in theaters back in the day. Is that on Netflix? It, it was. A, okay, so I made a list of horror movies that I wanted to watch one day. Um, I was going through like best horror movies on Netflix. And I found The Descent. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to watch that again. 30 Days of Night. Oh, yeah, I want to watch that again. And then I went on Netflix, and they're not on there. So I don't know what the deal is with that. Yeah, they need to update those lists, because that's what I constantly do. And they're like, oh, you should buy it on DVD. It's like, or it says, like, oh, title, title similar to this. Yeah. Pisses me off to no end. 
Come on, Netflix. Um, we are not sponsored by Netflix. <laughs> no, we are definitely not. Um, it's crap. The remake I thought was great. Very yeah. well done. Cannot wait for chapter two. So, so it. Oh my gosh. Rusty and I saw this one together, and before we thought, I didn't know you had night terrors for clowns at that time. <laughs> so, I gave Lauren my spare key to the car, or to my car, and while I w- we were at the movie theater in the theater watching it. She came to, or we had actually like gone to Kroger's and bought a red balloon. And then when we were there, she got into her car, tied a red balloon to his seat. And like we walked out of the theater. And we have your recording of you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we should also preface this by saying that, you know, Ryan lives like right next to the movie theater. And so and I'm about 12 to 15 minutes away from the movie theater. And he's like, I'll pick you up. And I was like, no, dude, I'll meet you there. That makes no sense logistically for you to come all the way across town and then backtrack back to the movie theater. But Ryan is a very insistent person, and he's just like, I'll pick you up. And I was just like, all right, whatever. And then the ensuing story. Yeah, well, because it was either we get a spare key to your car or we get a spare key to my car. So I I figured it would be easier. Mm -hmm. So we get back out of the movie, and we like walk by, and you like see this car with a balloon in it. You're like, and it's dark, so I mean, I can't. I mean, Ryan has a black car, so I'm not like, oh, that's Ryan's car. You know, I didn't. Yeah, know. you're like, oh, that that's sick. Like, yeah, why? What kind of sick person would do something like <laughs> yeah. that to another, to another human? Oh, Rusty, your wife would do that to yeah. another person. And it was, I'm like, dude, this is our car. Like, what? What the heck? And you're like, no, it's not. You're like, yeah, no, that. What the heck? And like, I go to my car door. And then there's just a bunch of swear words that happened. Yeah. It was not a happy camper. Yeah. And then I go home and Lauren's like, cuddles? Hug me? Did like, we get noodles after that? Yeah, And we then did. go home and then you're like, you want much sharing. Yeah, I was like, get out of here. Um, yeah, that was a good one. The Ritual. Yes, I have that on my list. This is on Netflix right now, for sure. Came out last year. Um, it's not, it, it's more of a thriller. It is. With some, like creepy elements to it yeah so basically there's like this ridiculous cult that lives out in the middle of the woods and don't do any of this i won't i won't say anything other than that but in the beginning of the movie um there's this group of guys one of their buddies just gets really horrifically killed in like a gas station and like a year later they go like backpacking in these random woods and so like I don't know if Did it's Did they spread memori- his ashes or something like that? I was going to say spread his ashes, but I think like as a memorial to like more them just, hiking. Yeah. Um, and then just some really ridiculous stuff happens out in the middle of the woods. Yeah, that one was a really good it's, one. It's definitely intense. It's worth watching. Um, so my next It's list- kind of like it follows in the same, not premise-wise, but it's execution. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, this next list is my most disturbing. Um, the Conjuring is one... Possession type stuff really gets me. Yeah, it gets um, me going. Just because, like, when these people are just like, their voice turns into like a man's voice if they're a woman and like gets really deep, their face just starts like going all over the place and they're just like body shaking. Yeah. And that's, and then walking upside down, backwards, walls and whatever. Thanks, Amanda. Yeah, that stuff just really, really creeps me out. Um, yeah, no, I, li- I like those. Um, Amityville Horror, have you seen that one? The remake? The one with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. His shirtless axe scene? Mm. Mm. 
<laughs> All no, that it's, needs... it's been years since I've yeah, seen it. Yeah, no, that. me too. I don't even like remember what happened, but I do remember. I just remember really that scene. Up. Like, oh, of course, <laughs> that's the one scene you remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the strangers. Oh, with the masks and things. Yeah, yeah. with um. Is that based off a true story? With Arwen, yeah. Um, Liv Tyler's in that. Yeah, uh, it's, that movie is just really screwed up because it's like. Yeah, it's a true story. It's something that could like realistically happen. These crazy people just invade this home and kill them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's most disturbing to me because it is something that is can practically happen. The practical stuff is yeah. stuff that's terrifying. Um, the descent, like sexually transmitted demons. Exactly. <laughs> the descent. Yeah, the descent. Um, the Babadook. Have you really watched that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Babadook, Duke, Duke with a book. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, That's one I'm like hesitant to watch. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's worth seeing though. Okay. It, it, it has a very similar execution to It Follows. Okay. Yeah. I'll it, just... It's. Ooh, I'm getting chills. Yeah. Yeah. So another one that I have is Evil Dead. So this is like a remake of the original um, like 80s or 70s movie. And uh, my roommate and I, um, actually Mark, the one that did the logo to the podcast, He's like a pretty big horror person as well. Mm-hmm. So when it was just he and I living in, in um, off campus in one of the apartments, we went to the local like because uh, there's actually like a family video. It's not like Blockbuster, but they still have like family videos in the U.S. I think Ryan used to work there. Oh, really? Your old boss? Your boss? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Back when they had like a porn section or before that. Was I think they still do actually. Do they? Yeah, because it's like in the very back. Yeah. There's like a shower curtain that you have to like pull to get <laughs> He that. was telling me stories of be like people like creepily like renting something, come back like an hour later. <laughs> <laughs> or like they like, they're like, oh, look, look at these adventure movies. Like look at National Geographic's <laughs> like in behind the curtain. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they they put like Pooh's Heflump movie on top. They have like yes. three, you know, like a SpongeBob DVD. And then in between that is there's like this random porno flick that they're just yeah. like, just throw the other movies aside. I just wanted to make sure that no one saw what I was actually getting type of thing. It's probably super creepy. Um, yeah, he said that was... But anyways, yeah. we went to Family Video. We picked up Evil Dead. And we went back thinking like, okay... Because we saw the cover and it was like really just disturbing looking. And we were like, oh, this looks intense. Really graphic. And we were not prepared for what we watched. So like we... First of all, pop some popcorn. We're both sitting on the couch. By the end of it, I'm like literally like in front of the TV with my eyes closed, like screaming at Mark like... Mark, my butt, my, my finger's on the eject button. I'm like, should I do it? Should I stop it? And he's like, no, we gotta watch it, Rusty. We gotta watch it. What is, what's the premise? I don't even remember. That terrifying. Yeah, it was like, so let's, let's pull this up real quick. Horse hooves over here, clippy clopping. Um, no, not The Evil Dead. Evil Dead, the 2013 film. The most terrifying film you will ever experience. Yes, that's like the headline. David and his girlfriend Natalie arrive at a cabin in the woods when their pair meet up with his younger sister Mia and his friends Eric and Olivia. The group plans to stay in the cabin while Mia overcomes her addiction to heroin. The group discover the cellar littered with rotting animal corpses, a shotgun, and a book called The Notorium Demonato. Eric, despite written warnings, reads aloud an incantation and awakens a malevolent force. Mia begins seeing a bloody girl in the woods and begs the group to leave because she is scared. They refuse, believing that she has simply experienced the effects of withdrawal. And a bunch of other stuff, crazy stuff happens. But like what ends up happening is just so disturbing. Blood everywhere. 
like I said, Ron, or, um, Mark and I were literally like screaming at the television, like, Mark, we got to turn it off. We got to turn it off. I cannot watch it. We watched it to completion, but wow, was it one wild ride. Okay, so what was that again? The, it's just Evil Dead. Not the Evil Dead. Just Evil Dead. Okay. My last disturbing movie, one we are going to watch together, Hereditary. Came out earlier this year. Yeah, we do have to see that one. Watch the trailer and you'll know... No, you won't. You won't even know what you're in for. The last 30 minutes of this movie flip everything you thought you knew on on its head and it's just like you thought you knew what was going on but you actually have no effing idea what's going on. You see that in theaters? Yeah. Was that a bad idea? It was a horrible idea. Sounds like I can't leave. The last Pause. the last I would say like 8 minutes. There's one scene in particular dude that's just like I cannot believe one someone penned this out and then they actually filmed it. It's so disturbing. Good, that's what I want. I mean, it's, it, again, it is the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. Dude, you're not selling this well. <laughs> but it's, Dude, do you want to have nightmares? Do you want to just, like, Do you want to see a guy able... chop his arm off with a, like, a switchblade in the yeah. middle of the desert? Do you want to not be able to form relationships because you see this in every person? Dude, it's so messed up, but it's so worth it. God, you need to work on your sales pitch. Yeah. Um, you got any more? Yeah, the grudge, any of the grudges, they're... F- like, I think what I'm most terrified of, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can go back and watch those. Like, ever. Have you seen any of them? Yeah, I've seen, uh, I think I saw the first the first one, for sure. I don't think I saw the second one. The second one, I think, is, like, essentially the grudge gets, like, a, released on, like, a town. So, no. like, a lot of people start seeing it. And the third one, I forget, but f- most terrifying thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, um, let's see the ring movies. Yep. Um, cabin in the woods is awesome. awesome. Yep. Probably one of my favorite horror movies. And then any of the paranormal activity ones. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bolt or like, just kind of like rapid fire. Some of these, um, get out must see. We'll watch it. Eventually it came out last year. Yeah. Cabin in the woods. Of course, misery is a classic, uh, Stephen King one with Kathy Bates. Um, just a terrifying concept. Um, she's like obsessed with this writer. She basically holds him hostage and wants like essentially wants to force him to write another book. Mm-hmm. But she so that he like doesn't saws off his legs, right? So, so he doesn't escape. She locks his knees in and then takes like a giant wooden hammer mm-hmm. and then cracks it. So she basically shatters his knees so he can't move. I feel like I didn't family guy do a sketch on that. They did. Yes, yeah. they did. Um, 10 Cloverfield Lane, I thought was really impressive. The sequel to Cloverfield. Yes. Have you seen Cloverfield? Mm-hmm. I saw yeah. that in theaters, actually. Yeah. No, I like both of them. Um, really fun one, Wrong Turn. So this is with Eliza Dushku. This, she was um, Faith in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. Um, this came out in 2003. I saw this when I was 10 years old. My gosh. Super intense. Basically, as all these stories go, a bunch of kids go out in the woods and there's like these nasty, like mutated people mm-hmm. that are like trying to hunt them with like crossbows, and they try and like capture them, and like feast on their flesh type of thing. And it's always fun. Um, it's just like one of those just really intense, hold your breath type movies. Um, really worth watching for sure. Um, let's see. There's two in particular that I want to go at length about. Green Room, Patrick Stewart, and then the kid from Star Trek that um, ended up dying, unfortunately. Like the truck came back and like pinned him and he like died. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Hold on. I'll look it up. Um, 
This one came out just a few years ago. Really intense um, green room plots. Let's check this out. Pat, so Anton Yel- Yelchin um, is in the movie. He was in the Star Trek movies. Okay. The newer ones. Um, and a bunch what of his friends. Like? What's that? Yelchin? Yeah. So let me pull this picture up of him. That guy. Oh, he died? Yeah, so he was coming home from like a party with his friends and like he like went he had to get a really his, heavy accent. Yeah. He went to get like his mail or something. And I don't know if he didn't park it, put his car in park completely or what. But like he like turned around and it like the car came back and just pinned him and he just he died. That's really sad. Yeah, really sad. Um those movies aren't good without him. Yeah. So basically the Pat and a bunch of his buddies um are like in this punk rock band and they mm-hmm. go and play at this venue. And Pat, Patrick, Sir, Sir Patrick Stewart, um, like runs this like neo-Nazi skinhead, like establishment. Like he runs I always the place. Got that vibe from him. And um, it's just ridiculous what ends up happening. Um, I don't even want to go into plot details, but just know that it's just like this group of friends. They go and play this punk show, and then they essentially can't get out because these neo-Nazi people are like absolutely insane. So interesting. It's it's less of a horror, more of just like a thriller suspense. It's really intense and really brutal. I feel like I've seen that. Um, the Frighteners, a classic. Um, before what's his face did uh, Lord of the Rings. Help me out with his name. Elijah Wood. No, what the heck is the director's name? Oh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson directed a movie. Okay, saying before he did Lord of the Rings, that could have been like any character or any. Could have been. It's like the most open and but but Peter Jackson directed a number of like uh, horror movies before he did like Lord of the Rings. Interesting. And one of them was The Frighteners, which is kind of a somewhat scary, somewhat just really comedic movie with Michael J. Fox from mm-hmm. the Back to the Future movies. Um, and basically, when people die, their ghosts come back, and Michael J. Fox essentially like freezes himself um, and dies to become a ghost that he can like save his friends or whatever. It's just it's a funny movie. It's just a good time. Yeah, Peter um, Jackson's doing a um, a World War One documentary with old reels that were in black and white, and really? they actually digitally enhanced them because the frame rate's really bad to make it look like it's an actual video now. Then overlaid color, and then they're all there's no sound except for like a few songs or whatever. That's amazing. So he ended up putting like tracks and like music and things to it. Nice. So it, it's not released in the U.S., but it's in Europe, and I think it's for like a European. Hmm. Uh, kind of historical museum. Very nice. So that's what he's up to now. Good deal. Well, he also has a movie coming out in December. Which one? I forget what it's called. It's some like really utopian, like futuristic type deal. Interesting. Um, Hush is another one. So Theo from um, Haunting of Hill House is the main protagonist in this movie. She's also a writer, but she's deaf. And she's also like out in this really remote location in the woods. She has neighbors that she hangs out with or whatever, but some ridiculous, like crazy person um, tries to infiltrate her home and it's a matter of her kind of using her, her senses apart from hearing to kind of fend off this, this crazy per- like ax murderer person that's trying to kill her. Interesting. So it's, it's a really cool premise. And um, what was that silent movie we watched in the theater with a the dude from uh, a quiet place was also on my list. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. So John Krasinski is actually penning a script for the second one right now. Is he? Yeah. Um, so that's definitely one you guys got to see the next two movies. Um, are the last ones I want to talk about. Your Next uh, was a movie that came out in 2013 that I also saw with my mom. 
to me, this is like a throwback to Nev Campbell's Scream movies, just like this really powerful female protagonist in a horror movie or more suspense thriller type of thing where she really just is just a badass. Like she really is just, it's basically a home invasion horror type thing, similar to Hush, where this gang of masked people, similar to The Strangers, come into this person's home and they just start like picking people off with like crossbows and giant machetes and all kinds of things like that. Unbeknownst to these people, this lady's like a, a bamf. You know, yeah. she just goes off and just sets all these different traps and stuff like that. Is this the like the black mom with the kids? No, that was a, uh, that was kind of a terrible movie that came out like last year. Okay, um, same premise, sort of. Yeah, um, but yeah, you're next. Super intense. We'll have you like cheering for this girl by the end of the movie. Just super awesome. Nice, really good fun. The invent the invitation. This movie is really eerie. Laura and I started watching this, and we literally got like an hour in, and in the best way possible, we're asked, like, where is this going? You know, there's some things where it's just like, this just looks mindless. There's really no point or purpose to any of this storytelling. For the first hour, you feel that way with this movie, but in a way that you're just so engaged into, like, what's actually happening here? Mm-hmm. Because you can't really read into this plot and figure things out. That's good. But basically, this guy gets an invitation from his ex-wife after her and her now new husband come back from this like trip from the south. And they essentially try and preach this like really weird cult to them. And when they try to leave, lots of really weird stuff starts happening. And at the same time, they're also like doing flashbacks to kind of tell the story as to why this man and his now ex-wife got divorced like years ago. Um, so it's kind of telling multiple stories at once. Sounds really interesting. But it's really like screws with your head. And it's not really scary. It's just like, what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah, it's really worth watching. So check out The Invitation. So hopefully you guys got a nice little uh, bucket list of horror movies to watch because yeah, I, I, I have more here, but like I think we've gone on long enough with, with horror movies. Yeah. Uh, Ryan and I also kind of wanted to talk about horror games is some of my favorites and, um, you know, kind of my bucket list of horror games to play, but we're already across the two hour mark. Ryan needs to get to bed. I still have to edit this podcast. We also have to answer the Halloween question. Balls. Yeah, balls. All right, let's do it. Let's do it right now. All right. So Logan, you write in the show and ripped apart Halloween and I want you to know that I have a rebuttal for every single point that you made, Logan. So I'm sorry. It's cool. I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. So Logan writes in. He says, hey, guys. And OK, so this is the point in the podcast, folks, where we are going to be going on full spoilers for the 2008 Halloween that came out. No, last 2018. 18. Thank you. Halloween movie. So if you've not seen it yet and have any interest in doing so, thanks for listening to the podcast. And we'll see you next week. If you have seen it, strap in, folks. Hey guys, sorry I haven't wrote in for a few weeks, but I'm here to change that. There's your first mistake, Logan. As you can see by uh, the subject... Thanks for the nice gesture, but yeah. Rusty's going to get angry. As you can see by the subject line, I'm going to give my aspect on the new Halloween movie, and you guys can pick it apart or agree. I think it'll make some good discussion. I saw on Rusty's Instagram that he liked it, so hopefully you won't pick me apart too hard. <laughs> Prepare yourself. Prepare He's, yourself. He says, I'm no, going to... Okay, so, sorry... Prepare Yourself is Dude. like Ike's new thing. Yeah. And they changed his voice, so it's not like prepare yourself. It's like prepare yourself. 
in Smash Brothers? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk about Smash another time. Because I'm going to go start saying this. Oh, gosh. Logan. I'm going to start by saying I didn't like it. And then here's why. He goes point for point, and I'm going to do the same. Number one, we get no backstory on the new doctor. Michael, as he's been locked up, this new prison, and this random British couple. I feel like they could have given each a small backstory. Here's a question for you, Logan. How much backstory did you get on Loomis in 1978 Halloween, other than the fact that he's been studying Michael for 15 years ever since he murdered his sister in Haddonfield, Illinois. I, I'd ask also, did he like the original Halloween? He, yeah, he's a big fan. Oh, he is? Yeah. Okay. So my, my, my question or my, my rebuttal to that is, yes, I agree it would have been nice to get, like, why is this guy so infatuated with Michael and just learning more about him? But Loomis was the same way, and after all the research and d- discussion that he had as his psych- psychiatrist, he recognized that he was the embodiment of p- pure evil. And beyond that, we don't really know much at all about Loomis. And I think that's really all you need. I don't think you needed to, like... I think it would have narr- narratively overcomplicated things if you get into the backstory of, like, okay, well, these two British podcasters went to... The University of well, it's a it's a plot device opposed to a character that you care about. Yeah, and so he's asking about the backstory about these two podcasters. Um, and one of his other points here. Hold on a second. I gotta get back to the email. Yeah. So his second point is, how the hell did this random Brit get the original Michael Myers mask? I but, think I've, I say, I say that's a valid. It's it's definitely a valid thing, but I would also ask. How did these two random podcasters get into an insane an insane asylum and get within five feet of this most notorious, you know, um, psychopathic killer of possibly all time, without so question? Are you agreeing with him on that one? No, I'm saying like the question I'm asking here is yeah, that's that's it's a it's a valid question, but my point being is like, okay, so then how do they get into this facility in the first place casually? I think. The o- no, let's, let me let me finish okay. this. The overall point here is you have to go in this movie with the mindset of like you're talking about this person who's been shot like 75 times, been burned alive four, got his head cut off. You already have to kind of suspense suspend reality going into this film and just be entertained for the sake of being entertained. If they try to do this backstory for all these different little things, it would have again narratively overcomplicated. Yeah, things. how did Maz Kanata get Luke Skywalker's blue lightsaber? Yeah, there's just things that like. Yes, they're valid questions, but are we really going to nitpick about all these like little tiny things? No, like I had the same question, like because that seems like a big item to have at your disposal. Sure, like I I can gloss over that they got into a prison because they're doing some documentary or whatever. That's not so much like an uncommon thing, but if you were having a serial killer's knife or a serial killer's memorabilia. Like the original, not like so much a manufactured version. I could see that criticism. Mm-hmm. That that holds weight in my book. Yeah. Um, the next one, he talks about the bus crash. So he basically says, they could have done a more suspenseful scene at the bus crash scene with all these psychos that just broke out. We didn't even get to see how the dad died. Um, this is a theme. We well, did. See, he you got his neck email. broken. No, we did not see how the dad that got out of the car died. We never saw him. The son got his neck broken when he got back in the vehicle and Michael was in the car. No, no, no. When they went around the side of the bus, they show him like sitting down and his neck is broken. Was that the dad or was that some other random I person? I think it was the dad. Okay, it could have been the dad. 
I um, took that as the dad because everyone else on the road were cops or they were in uniforms. This guy wasn't. Okay. Um, but as far as the suspenseful bus crash scene, I don't think we needed any more than that because with the plot twist later on in the film that it was the doctor who caused the crash to begin with, they didn't want to give that plot point away so early because then it would have had no bearing later on in the movie. There would have been no like, oh my gosh, wow factor knowing early on, like, well, he already caused a bus crash, so sure, he's going to stab this guy in the throat later on. Yeah, I think a lot of scary movies, a lot of the criticisms that you would have, most of those things are just plot devices. Like, you're, you want to get as quickly through the development, through, like, the rising action to the, like, climactic, more mm-hmm. exciting, thrilling parts. The getting from, like, podcasters to bus crash is not the stuff you're excited about. No, not the at all. The stuff you're excited about is there's this dude on the loose. Yeah, you want Michael to get back to Haddonfield. You want to see his interactions with Jamie, like or uh, Laurie Strode. I mean, the bus crash is such a minor thing, and that's why. Yeah, yeah, I, I get the criticism, and they could have. Hey, done... don't be this person's number one fan here. We're gonna rip this guy. To... Come on now. No, we, no, no, we gotta... no, no. I'm like neutral ground, Ryan. Okay, all right? whatever. I understand. Question four. I understand the merits of it. Point four. It does its job. Point four. We're getting to point four here. Oh, get off my back, bro. Um, so he says the gas station scene. How did Michael pull up, get out, walk in the store in broad daylight in his prison gear? And no one saw or said anything. Where did that lady go with uh, that was pumping her gas? Why didn't we get to see the two guys in the store and mechanic shop die? How did he kill, change, walk out, blah, blah, blah. He's just going on and on about the gas station scene. My point here is, uh, let me pull up my notes, what I wrote. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, my point is because he's Michael Myers... That's literally my point because Michael has always been that way. He's like always just casually strolled in and done things that like the girl in the vehicle who was pumped or like in the vehicle. I don't know if she was pumping gas, but she looked terrified. Mm -hmm. Like she was the one looking at the podcasters or the podcasters looked at her. Yeah. I mean, I took that scene or her reaction as she knew who Michael Myers was Mm -hmm. because she saw the prison gear or whatever. And, that's why she looked terrified. Yeah. So like it was some recognition of, oh crap, this dude's here. Like the podcasters are obviously oblivious because they have to have that scene happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if a giant dude who's like, whatever, 6'11", comes in and ha- picks up a hammer, there's not much you can do to stop him. Plus, I think it was, I think it was more impactful for me to see, um, the the British the, the the male podcaster walk in and see these people like dead than it would it would have been to see Michael kill each individual person because we are getting we get to see him pick off plenty of people later on in the film I, I think it makes more sense to just see their bodies because then it like essentially steers him back to the bathroom yeah no Plus, it, it heightens it, the situation opposed to like there's more payoff for the podcaster if you don't have payoff or like him killing everyone on screen. It certainly would have made him dropping the teeth in the stall less like freaky and like what the heck just happened. Yeah. Because you would have saw him like what bash this guy's face in and like pluck out his teeth or whatever, pick him up off the ground. Like, no, the fact that like you saw him drop all these teeth, then the guy walks in and sees this guy's jaw like ripped open. I think that made it much more impactful and like, wow, I cannot believe this is happening type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. so I yeah, I, mean, I, I just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel the need to kind of like flesh out that entire scene, you know, um, frame for frame. No. It, yeah. It's instead of getting the attacks, you get the climax of that scene, which is all you need. 
Okay, so number five, he talks about when he gets into town, the first three killings are fast and have no suspense, not in normal Halloween culture. I would challenge that, Logan. Not in a Halloween culture. I think it actually is because I liken it to this. You keep a lion captive, bar the, fa- bar the reality that it can't live 40 years. You keep a lion captive for 40 years, all right? You're, you're feeding them veggies, carrots, and kale. And then you release them after 40 years on the savannah, and there's antelope running around. You think he's just going to casually like trot along and take out an antelope here or there? Like, No, he's, he's been in hibernation essentially for 40 years. Michael Myers has. He's yeah. been wait, waiting patiently for 40 years, knowing full well that somehow he's going to get back to Haddonfield. So when he does, he literally just kills every like person that's near him. He goes into the, the, the house with the lady making a sandwich, which is a nod to Halloween too, by the way. Um, and he, he bashes her head in with a hammer. Then he takes the knife. And then he goes out on the streets and he starts doing his thing. He goes into the house and he stabs that lady in the neck. Really interesting little thing here. When he walks and he hears the baby crying, and he, he stands in front of the crib. Yeah, I was like, oh no, come on. I hope he didn't. I was hoping he wouldn't as well, because it shows that even evil has some sense of morality, you know? Um, mm. Clearly. I mean, he, he bypassed the baby. He could have killed the baby. He did not. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to hate this movie if he just murders a kid. So, a really interesting thing here David Gordon Green, the director of the film, was actually questioned about that. And he said that the day they filmed that scene, the lady that he killed, Michael Myers killed, her husband was supposed to be sleeping on the couch and Michael was supposed to stab him in his sleep. But the actor didn't, didn't show up to set that day and they weren't going to wait. They needed to film the scene. So they thought, what would happen if we put a baby carriage here and a baby's crying and we show a different side of Michael and he bypasses this child? And I, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. No, challenging the norms of what we expect from characters gives characters depth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think even for villains, giving more than one side of just murder everything makes it more interesting of a character. Yeah. Like um, it, it, not so much you're making him a human, but at the same time, we all kind of generally inherently have that trait of we don't like murdering babies. Yeah, no, I agree. At um, least hopefully everyone listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. If you are in favor of that, then uh, you might yeah. want to seek out Please help. get off of our Discord. <laughs> yeah. Um, Number six, I'm actually very much in disagreement with this, and I think you probably will too. Um, he went on like a long tirade. The, the spark notes of this is he hated the comic relief um, with the babysitter. And I think what comic relief? The, the little black kid sitting here, like, oh, I was like, my nasty ass toenails and whatever, and just yeah. like, because um, he's like really, he, I mean, he, I think he perfectly embodied a young kid who's just terrified of monsters under the bed, the closet, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, he like was freaking out, um, and so he said that's like out of place essentially. And honestly, I think the humor helped modernize the film. You know, like the other ten sequels weren't able to do um, successfully, anyways. Um, I think it relieved ten- tension for just a moment after Michael like brutally murdered like three to four people um, within minutes, mm-hmm. and then only to help pack the punch that much more when the blonde babysitter gets it because I honestly didn't think she was going to die. Yeah. And you know, so they had this comedic relief with this young boy and she's like basically saying like, Julian, get out of here. And he, he gets away, but then she doesn't. And that to me, you know, it gave me some sense of hope for this girl. And then they just immediately stripped it away. 
and said, no one is safe in this film. Yeah, no, I, I really thought it did well. Like, I know we criticized, there's a specific term, I was trying to look it up, but like you have ethos, pathos, logos, and one of those terms for film is basically inserting humor to relieve stress or to offset a stressful situation. Yep. So like, I thought this was did a very good job opposed to like, you, there's tension within the Luke getting the lightsaber scene and then chucking it over his shoulder. Like yeah. that is a poor way to insert humor where there was some tension or like so some buildup. Build yeah. Yeah. Um, there's other scenes in Star Wars where they insert humor poorly in at least the newest one. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I mean, that's how I would react in all honesty. Just like, cause a majority of your stress is relieved by swearing. Yeah. Like a, like if you stub your toe, if you swear, I think, a, I don't know the exact percentage, but like a lot of that tension or that pain is just exerted. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's a completely reasonable reaction and it does, uh, yeah, I agree, modernize the film, but that's very much a common trope nowadays. Not so much of the older Halloween, the original one, because I've only seen this in the, um, the original and this one. And I think I don't remember so much humor in the last one with one. the kid. But it, I think what's important you you have to like recognize here is that John Carpenter didn't direct this. He oversaw some of it, but this was David Gordon Green's film, and he had to put his own flavor in it. Yeah. And and that was the, that was a little bit of David Gordon Green flavor mixing things up and putting his own like little spin on suspense and tension. And I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, the babysitter herself and, like, sexualizing her, like, trying to do a, um, not homage, I don't know, just a callback to the first one where they did that kind of same kind of thing. And yeah, they but all this, got murdered. this one, she didn't, like, get stuff on her shirt and, like, take her shirt off and, like, her pants yeah, off. Yeah, no, no, and, yeah, which would have, I think, too much parallel. You go yeah. into, like, a second Death Star or whatever, fourth Death Star yeah, exactly. kind of situation. But as far as knowing when to pull that back and then inserting humor and then ultimately it's for none or for nigh like they all end up dying except for this kid yeah i thought he was awesome i, I thought he was amazing yeah um but i can see how it's unwanted if you want to hold the christmas or christmas the christmas. crispness or the like exact same structure but i think the adaptation of that structure it has to go with the time so like I all i'm sure I you've seen all the Halloween probably like within the last two days, mm-hmm. but like the the original two like Halloween six they've changed slightly, and this is the 2018 version. Yeah, and this is what we expect as viewers to have some of that offsetting humor. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was terrific, well done, and um, yeah, I applaud David Gordon Green for for adding that little piece, and I thought it was great. Um, the last thing he talks about is the final scene. This is a lot of text here. Um, it, you know, he liked the, the final scene, you know, how it was all set up. They had like the bottom, well, we like, hated it. So yeah, no, you're wrong. <laughs> no, I thought that like the bunker scene was really, yeah. really well set up. Um, I thought it was an outstanding nod at the original movie when Loomis shoots Michael off of the balcony, he falls. And then when Loomis looks over, his body's not there. I think which one's Loomis. Loomis is the bald headed psychiatric guy or, um, in the original 78 film. He wore like oh. the trench coat, oh, like okay. uh, like casts from Supernatural kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought it was really neat how when Lori fell out of the window, was on the ground, Allison walks into the house and says like, you know, grandmother, you know, she's like mom, and then Michael like turns around like someone else is here. Yeah. 
he looks back down, and there's like the little synth sound, and Lori's gone. Yeah. And I thought it was outstanding how Judy Greer, first of all, what a hulking figure to just rip that like thing. Because uh, they had it like um, the countertop, how it like moved. Yeah. And how he like literally just like ripped it out of its roots and just like pushed it away. I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah, because that would be on gears. Mm-hmm. So it would be attached with bolts and things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought it was outstanding how um, Judy Greer's, um, she was the daughter of Laurie Strode has this rifle and she's basically like sobbing hysterically, uncontrollably. I can't do this. Um, mom, I'm so sorry. And then Michael at that point is like, okay, well this is my chance. This is my cue because she's not strong enough to be able to shoot me. He turns and she's just like, got you. Boom. Shoots him right in the face. And then Lori, like a face is like right behind him. She's like hiding in the closet and she's like, happy Halloween, Michael. Boom. Stabs him in the back. And then there's like there's this big scuffle. He ends up falling down the stairs. The two, the daughter and granddaughter run up. And then of course, the granddaughter's leg gets grabbed by Michael. And um Yeah. She ends up like stabbing Michael's hand like two times. And um I did not expect there to be a lever. Like the whole point of that was to, it was a trap. Yeah. Because I think he might have even wrote down the um They had a lever and then the like blades trapped him and Yeah. And at that point, they basically lit the house on fire. And in traditional Halloween fashion, they leave it kind of up to interpretation because when, they, um, when they're when they driving away, um, they do a pan back to the basement. Uh, the same scene when, um, essentially, when they first locked him in, Michael like looks so helpless, like a beaten puppy. Like, are you really going to leave me here to die? Um, they do that same shot, but of course, his body's not there. Now, he could realistically be burning in the corner somewhere, but it's Michael Myers and at the end of the credits, apparently, um, you heard him breathing in his mask after the credits scrolled. Yeah, we so. didn't expect a Marvel ending. No. Yeah. One scene that I was irritated with was, what, the granddaughter running into the woods? Like, that's such a stereotypical... I didn't understand that either. Like, like that... Especially because Michael didn't go after her. That's the problem. Yeah, it, there was, like, unneeded... You, I don't know if they were trying to build suspense or like trying to build up some type of tension, but there wasn't any because she was irrelevant. Yeah. Like you go kill the cops and then you make a pumpkin out of one dude, kill the dad or husband or brother-in-law, son-in-law. Yeah. And then all she care he cares about is going after what's her face. Lori. Yeah. So like her flailing around the woods was more, I don't know if those, poor comedic relief but it was almost unnecessary no i agree with that i mean it essentially got her back to the she ran around the woods for a bit when she could have met beelined... with the blair witch project well, she could have got... beelined it to the the cop car because the cop car was like at the ed- ed- end of the street remember um because that's when the cops drove up and they yeah. ended up killing them it, yeah it just that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me either it's kind of weird because yeah, if you knew he was behind you one they would see him running behind this girl mm-hmm. i mean That didn't make any sense, and I think that would be my biggest gripe with the entire thing. Like, the boyfriend cheating was a necessary thing to get rid of the phone for suspense. Um, It's just unnecessarily drama, kind of, but that's a normal horror movie. It's... It's like the person who always tries to have sex first is the one to die. Yeah. Or the blonde person or whoever takes their clothes off. Yeah. It's like those kind of tropes, but... It wasn't overly flashy about it. 
Um, yeah. I think it was only the wood scene that kind of... Yeah, was, I agree. Yeah. And I don't know if, know if you want to put that in the end kind of port, because that's kind of where the climax is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of muddying where you want the most amount of tension with these unnecessary shots of her. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a fair point. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I really did love it. I mean, I, I'm just genuinely sorry, Logan, that you didn't enjoy the movie. I mean, um, you know, I jokingly was just ripping you apart. But, I mean, I do. I did actually very much enjoy the movie. Certainly have my, like, little nitpicky things as well. Um, was it perfect? Absolutely not. But I think they did a hell of a job coming back 40 years after the original, bringing Jamie Lee Curtis back, John Carpenter, a director that has never done any of the prior Halloween movies. I thought he gave so many great nods to not only the original, but even some of the subsequent sequels as well, while also making the project so much his own. Um, I thought it was terrific. Nine, nine, five for me. I think it's right up there with the original. And uh, whether they choose to bring back and do more sequels, they probably will just because... Um, it's a good IP for money. The movie made so much movie on like a $10 million budget. So um, yeah, we'll probably I mean, have more, but... Yeah, I've only seen, like I said earlier... The original and then this one. I watched the first five the past couple of days. Okay. Well, show off over here. <laughs> no, I, just... I, I'm seeing basically one and two, which are like, they're in a linear kind of order. It's this old one and then 40 years later, not with the, like, the altern- alternate plot lines or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're still fun to watch. So. Yeah. Well, I'm saying from my perspective, seeing like the original and then coming back 40 years later without that kind of mud mm-hmm. in there i think it's a really interesting take yeah no for sure yeah um but yeah we're over two and a half hours so we should probably wrap this up yeah it's been a fun episode um again we didn't get to the horror games but um we still talk for two and a half hours about random stuff so hopefully it was still fun for you guys um yeah if you have any other topics of suggestion or write it in the discord that's probably the best way to get like immediate feedback especially around some of these topics whether you have Horror movie recommendations, horror game movie, horror game recommendations, ridiculous clown nightmares. Feel free to write it into the uh, the Discord or the Gmail if you want us to talk about it on next week's show. Utaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. Again, the Discord link will be in the show notes on iTunes and Podbean, wherever you choose to listen to the show. And uh, that's. And- yeah, what, what if you, you also have the fear of the extinction of humanity, we can discuss. We can discuss it <laughs> at length, friends. Ad nauseum. All righty. We will see you all next week. Thank you again so much for listening. See you. Bye. Bye.